What? Uh, what a video, dude. That was awesome. <laughs> WTF. Welcome what? to Funkatopia. Welcome to Funkatopia. <laughs> WTF. Um, tonight, we are celebrating the 38th anniversary of that night, which happened on July 26, 1984. Yes. Welcome to Funkatopia Live. I am your host, Mr. Cr Christopher. I forgot my name. I was just so wrapped up in this freaking oh, video. I know. There was just so many little pieces that we're going to talk about here in just a second. But uh, also my illustrious co-host, Mr. Jeff Page. <laughs> you, have to, you have to do your little thing. Got to get my ferns. Uh, yeah, you have to get your thing. Is um, we tonight again? We're celebrating that iconic evening, and uh, obviously, it's the premiere of that movie that changed the world forever. And it happened this day, thirty-eight years ago. And tonight, we have some special guests to help us celebrate the momentous occasion. They're going to be kind of coming in and out tonight. But our guests range yes. from folks who were actually there at the premiere to people who were part of the movie to mm -hmm. fans like most of us here. Uh, we want to try to create recreate that vibe from back in the day, and I realize that a lot of our audience probably wasn't even born when this movie came out. I, I totally get that. Um, so that will be our job is to kind of help paint the picture for you of what it was like. I was 16 when that movie came out, and I have my own story, uh, which I will share with you at uh, some point tonight. But uh, let's start talking about the movie premiere itself. And you just got done seeing it. Uh, even if you, were, if you were here like 10 minutes ago, you just got done seeing some of it. Yeah. Uh, and you got to see some of the footage of that actual premiere that happened on July 26, 1984. A lot of news and press were there. And pretty much the only footage that you can readily find are the MTV heavily edited version of what you just witnessed. Uh, and also the video that you just got done seeing from our guests. So please, let's welcome our first guest, writer, producer, director, Mr. Tony Blass. We're going to unmute you, Tony. Uh, to, um, I, I, think, I think you muted yourself. But, I uh, did. I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure I really want to hear myself talking about <laughs> I, I, so, all right, I'm already the oldest guy here, right? Well, I gotta I, be right. Uh, I think uh, at this point, right now. Okay, at this point. That that's okay. not. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay. So this is Tony Blast. For those who don't know, he is a gentleman who actually shot all of that footage that you guys just got done watching. And uh, yes. I reached out to Tony, and I said, uh, first off, I, I want your blessings to to actually show this video. Um, that's the biggest thing. I want to make sure that that we get your blessings to actually show it. But I thought, you know what? I would love to have you on the show so we could actually talk a little bit about this whole, <laughs> about this whole night. It was just pretty much insane. Uh, and, well, let, let me just say, let me just jump in and say, thank you for doing that. Because <laughs> it is awesome. <laughs> thank you for just having the, whatever they want to call it to even go out and do that. Yeah, it's just it's it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. So we uh, I see some people asking some que questions about whether or not we're going to be showing some of the MTV footage. Yes, we are going to be showing some MTV footage as well tonight. Uh, but I do want to before we start getting into some of the questions that I have for you, Tony, I do want to welcome my other really, really, really. And, and I and I'm not just saying this a really, really good friend of mine. Uh, I love him dearly. Um, 
he's just a really good friend and he's here with me and uh you you guys may know him he is the author of this book right here yes. prince in the purple rain era studio sessions 1983 to 1984 but on top of that he's also got a another book as well which is behind me and i don't want to ruin the vibe and everything because if we're talking about purple rain i mean he's going to get paid whether you pick up this book or his new one doesn't really matter <laughs> let's bring him in mr Dwayne two dollars in the house <laughs> and he's reading <laughs> next page <laughs> what's in this book <laughs> a lot of cliffhangers what's going on this would be a good movie yeah how you guys doing Oh man, I, I'm um, so glad to have you here because it's just a lot of fun. As you can tell, I, I was pulling wait, together wait. all did of Jeff, my. Did Jeff do a fur 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 for me? So. Fur, fur. I did, I did, okay, but I was, I was too busy laughing at it. So <laughs> to make sure I got my fur. It was more like a fur. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, how old did you say you were? I am 61. You win. I, you win. Thank you. Yes, you I, I was there. I was 23 that night, wow. and it was my first night ever doing anything like that. And by the way, it was a complete fluke. I did nothing. I, I, I had no whatever it was you said, Jeff, that you were glad I had, because I did not. I, I went to, we were going with, I was going with a friend to see the midnight showing of the movie. That's all. Uh, well, isn't, isn't that how it works? The greatest creations come out of just a random act? It's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, I, that's the, that's the most money I've ever made on documentary footage. And I actually did documentaries for a couple of decades. So uh, it's, it's just amazing. You know, people have been so kind to just like uh, uh, put it in the most diverse sorts of things from uh, the NFL channel uh, on their timeline, 1984, several documentaries, uh, a PBS special about the, the club you know the famous right. club first yeah, yeah. avenue uh and uh and then uh oh, tour bus uh tales from the tour bus on show uh showtime i don't know if yes. you've seen yeah, that the, the animated morris day yes, yeah that's yeah. <laughs> in there too yeah that's great wow. well so again uh, both jeff page and myself were 16 when this movie came out and so that was like the perfect window of uh i i do have a first off i want to say that you caught some pretty iconic moments first off uh christopher reeves standing yeah uh, right. doing right. an interview christopher right. reeves who don't for for the for our younger audience who, who may or may not know this christopher reeves was in a horse riding accident if i remember correctly and when he fell off he uh, was paralyzed and so he spent his last days in a wheelchair and then he's he's passed away but to see him at that premiere standing doing an interview was like right. wow oh my god that's gosh. when he was still superman he was still superman yeah, he was still superman, still superman. yeah that's it always superman always he's always gonna be my superman he's always. always my superman i agree i agree yeah. superman exactly no he was great he was the best literally they're not gonna find a better superman than that guy he was no just, it was just perfect yeah. he was no. yeah and, he was just perfect in every way yeah. yeah and he was a he was a real movie star too that was what was great and he mentions that this is like an old hollywood premiere and it was because yeah, yeah. really mm -hmm. after the 50s and television and film noir and then the 60s with the counterculture and auteurs and then the 70s when it got really gritty um there were no there was no glamour left in hollywood and and really that that is one of the amazing things about this night is that prince brought glamour back to hollywood 
sort of glamorous yeah. life out there. Huh? The glamorous. glamorous <laughs> oh, uh, that sounds like a song. <laughs> sounds like a song. It does, should write that. It does, does kind of sound a little bit like a song. Hey. Right. Mm. Oh, so in 83, 84, <laughs> now were you, are you going to write, do you write about the Sheila E recording and stuff oh, as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yes, if you, we need to make sure that we, Dwayne, we need to make sure we figure out some way to get uh, Tony a copy of this book. Uh, this is Tony. I don't know if you're familiar with <laughs> I this could book. Buy one. Let, let, let me, yes. Well, let, Amazon, let, I suppose. Yes. Too old let, for me, that book. let me just say. Oh. Let me just say. This is the encyclopedia. Encyclopedic. That's a word, right? Um, this is the most. I'm not a writer. I don't know. Book. It, it's it's an unbelievable book that covers uh, every single day. Very very similar to what like Prince Vault, where it's you you kind of. Um, it's every single day what was going on who was recording what he did that day what was you know who and it's intermixed intertwined with the stories of that where things were going on with those personal life. it is by far the best prince books that are out there i'm sorry now Dwayne, how did you get access to this information um well to give you a little background i i also did documentaries and and uh, things like that in los angeles so i was i've always been a writer and whatnot and i was a big fan i used to work for a magazine called uptown i'll give you the condensed version because everybody's bored of this by now um but i started i met a bunch of the people that worked on this stuff and i thought this would be a really cool topic so wrote the first one um and didn't know i, I started writing it 20 well probably 1990 and then uh had it done a month before he passed away and i was ready to go but i wasn't sure what to do with it then and so I, I went around and asked the people I interviewed and I interviewed 40 or 50 people that worked on with, you know, uh, on, on Purple Rain and, and whatnot. And they all said, yes, you should put the book out because you've been working on this for 20 years. It's not something you just did overnight and uh, came out with it in November of 2017. And uh, but I just as a, it's sort of as a as a documentary maker, you know, you're telling a story. And, right. and so it's the same kind of thing is I, I went to the whole concept of here's the, all the information. How do I string that together with a story? And the story is just revealed through the people telling me what happened in the studio. You start to realize the songs he did were reflecting the life he was doing. Never right. bored of your story. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Cammy. Um, I do feel like I repeat myself a lot with these things because I've only got so many words in my head. Yeah. Um, but I'll shuffle them. No, that's great. Just a quick thing in between. Um, Chris, I'm noticing your mic's a little bit low. Um, is it? I think so. Compared to everybody else, you may want to bring it up a little bit. Okay, um, can't do that. Hey, you sound great. It's just a little low. <laughs> of course I do. Yeah, I, I was trying to avoid the opposite of what I did the past two episodes, which I was clipping on a couple of different occasions, Ooh. so I can obviously move myself a little bit closer. Uh, so one of the things, too, um, for those who are just joining us, obviously we have author, writer extraordinaire, Dwayne Tudor, author of Prince and the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions 1983 and 1984. Yes, that is the relevancy that he has as a guest tonight. And also someone that you probably don't know, Tony Blass, who is responsible for if you go onto youtube and you search for purple rain <laughs> premiere purple rain premiere it, you're going to find his footage tony blast is the one that was at the premiere that night and you, you obviously did get to see the movie that night uh correct tony? i did yeah yeah so at midnight and, and so what wow. was what what was your so you were you definitely beat us because uh when i went to go see it i saw it the next day um, okay. which was actually the day that it was actually released across all the theaters. Right. Mm -hmm. And we went to go see it and we came out 
and we went right back to the box office and bought tickets and, went back <laughs> and saw it again. Uh, so yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. So now, were you were, you you said you were there just as kind of you were just kind of Adam Goldberging it, or I mean, were you there capturing the footage for someone? You were just kind of. Oh no, I was I was a videographer for a um, a marketing company, and I did uh, wedding videos on the side. So my friend got the tickets for the show, and he said, um, "Oh, why don't you bring your camera? Maybe we can get a." some video of Prince showing up or something. <laughs> okay, that sounds fine. So in those days, the the VHS portable was the same size as the battery. So I had two, right. and they were heavy. I had two of these things on either shoulder, plus the camera, which was also heavier than it looks. And uh, um, I don't know what I was planning to do. I think I was planning to be in one of those, behind one of those barricades, out on Hollywood Boulevard, but we would have never gotten anywhere near to that. So we just walked up to the guy who was, uh, you know, standing at the purple carpet. And uh, he said, where are your tickets? And I wasn't lying. I just pointed at the, our tickets for the midnight show that were sticking up out of one of the, like the battery pack. And apparently it was the same ticket as the premiere. So it had the black and white version of, of this picture, the, the <laughs> and a little purple border and they were you know sort of tall and it they were shoved in there he assumed we had tickets to the premiere so wow. he let us go and so we wandered onto the purple carpet and i'm i'm like wow look at everything you know look at these guys these fans some of them are dressed up and you know it's like i like i didn't know it was that much of a thing i mean i knew it was a thing i'd been into prince for years but i hadn't i'd only gone to one show and I didn't know what was really happening. So then, so then I'm walking uh, backwards, trying to film everything. And I bumped into Anita Pointer. <laughs> you see, the camera whips around. She's like, ah, I'm like, ah. And the guy from Warner Brothers grabs me by the shoulder and says, what the hell are you doing out on the purple carpet? I'm like, well, that's it. We're done. And he's like, you have to stay in the TV area or you're out. And where the hell are your press passes? Uh, uh, left them in the car. You know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> He's like, all right, well, you cannot be here without press passes. He slaps two press passes on us and throws oh us next to entertainment God. tonight. Oh, my God. That's the craziest story ever. <laughs> it's the that's, craziest story ever. I'm like, fantastic. I'm like, I don't know if I have enough battery power. I don't know how much I can shoot. Oh my god! I don't know if uh, I our microphone isn't good, isn't set up the way Entertainment uh, Tonight. They had a microphone that where you could stand in the midst of all that nonsense and just record the person, right? <laughs> right. A good oh microphone. God. I don't even know which highly directional, I guess. Um, but we just had a, a boom mic, so uh, we, we could not have escaped MTV if we'd wanted to. It's wow. literally booming from all over. So that was that's how we got in there. Yeah, wow. I I kept I was going to ask cuz I kept seeing that entertainment tonight Mike kind of um pop up in the in the picture so I was like he's either working for entertainment tonight or uh now you said you said you were a Prince fan. Now I, in that video uh there is a clip as Prince is coming up the walkway. <laughs> Uh, of of a guy screaming, "We love you, Prince! We love you, Prince!" 
Was that you or was no. that someone? <laughs> no. It was and my friend. Tony, Tony, you can admit it. It's okay. It's okay. I would admit it. We're the, here for you. I, I did love Prince. Oh, it's okay, don't get Tony. me wrong. It's I was a right. total fanatic. No, no, no. I, I would have been happy to tell him privately that I loved him. But I would not have yelled it there because if you watch the MTV footage later, you'll see that the screaming has to fade down as the cameraman who's backing up as they walk past us and try not to get us in the shot. And they had to literally cut their audio because of that. And I think that's why we didn't get into the party, by the way. But, you know, this, this was my friend. And <laughs> Tony, I have a question for you. So Tony, excited. Did you get in anybody else's camera? Have you seen yourself in anybody else's oh, footage? I have never seen myself. Oh. Do you think I watched that MTV footage frame by frame? Now it's VHS, <laughs> so it looks like shit. But I'm like, I, I think that's us. I think that might be us. Nope. No, they, they managed to... Okay, this is what I this is my favorite thing about that whole night. They didn't know we had gotten behind the gates, but the stars did. Apollonia knew. She spins around, she's posing for the thing, and then she looks over at me and she goes, wink. Okay. And then apropos of nothing, Morris is walking up this thing and he turns right around in my camera and goes, does his thing right <laughs> right doesn't do that for anybody else doesn't do that for the cameras they knew we had somehow gotten in there that's and awesome. so that's my favorite part about it that you know we were never pretending to be professionals who could have possibly thought we were and then you know when my friend got the chance to tell prince he loved him well that was it he wasn't gonna miss that yeah no matter that what it cost us <laughs> That's probably what I would have done too. I, I probably would have done that, and I probably would have been crying also. It's uh, not coming out. So I, I, I am so glad that I didn't meet him until I was much older and I could hold myself together. Yeah. So I. <laughs> that's. Um, when did you meet him? Uh, I, I didn't meet him until two thousands. I met him in two thousand one. So that was the first time that I met him, and um, it was, uh, it was a shocker because um, I, I, as I have said many times before. I've always been, I was surprised in that moment how short that he was. And I, I, I hate saying that uh, because I know that was a big sticking point for him. But it, I guess because of his masterful usage of video angles and, mm -hmm. and the way that he just kind of captured things that you just never realized that he and was that short. And those great Cuban meals, I don't know. <laughs> right. He walked right by me this far, okay? And I was filming straight across. I did. He didn't. I wasn't filming down. You know, I'm five ten. I. I. It never really ever occurred to me he was mm -hmm. so close to me and that he was substantially shorter than I was. See, so. I've never found him short at all. But that's just a yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about that, Joy. I'm five six. So, oh. so, I always thought he was. You know, that's a, a stature on that guy. A towering figure. <laughs> towering figure. That guy plays basketball. No, he was. He really it was. It was amazing <laughs> to be that close to him. I mean, I never spoke to him. I don't think I could have ever spoken to him. But, you know, I didn't meet any of the people. I never have. Apollonia. Yeah. I, I mean, I've met him on Facebook and stuff, but not in not in person. We were complete fans just documenting the moment. Yeah, wow, and, and we actually have, and I'll have to put this up on fa on uh, Facebook because I don't want to take away too much time, you know, showing videos all night. But 
Uh, Tony, actually, for those who just joining us, we have Dwayne uh, Tudal, author of Prince of the Purple Rain Area Studio Sessions. And we also have Tony Blass, who is a, a videographer and documentarian. I'm going to make up a word. Um, I love it. And, uh, and he actually captured a lot of footage from the Purple Rain premiere that we played at the beginning of the show. Um, we'll actually... And... Um, also, we have a special guest that is waiting in the wings uh, down in the bottom here. I don't think he's got video, but uh, we will bring him in too because he was actually part of the whole Purple Rain process as well. Uh, and please welcome Wally Safford in the house. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Can you hear me? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you. <laughs> yes, yes. What's up, Wally? Hey, hey, Dwayne. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing, sir? I can't complain. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear you around. This is great, man. Wally, uh, it's 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 good. Uh, I guess he's kind of he's kind of going. Well, he's kind of going in and out. But uh, what? No, no, what? no. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, you you dropped off for a second. Yeah. Um, Wally, you know you weren't at the premiere, but do you remember what you were doing during that premiere? I mean, obviously you were part of the whole Purple Rain uh, filming process. Uh, when they were filming the movie, but what were what were you doing on the night that you weren't able to make it at the, at the premiere? I think I was at home, <laughs> just chilling. Yeah, just chilling. That's a, not an exciting story at all, Wally. Just hanging out. Well, 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 no. Well, well, no, I was just tired from the tour. Mm, yeah, because you know, you know, he had the triple effect. You know, he had the, the number one movie, he had the number one tour, and he had the number one album. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just, it just so happened. Chick and um, um, Gilbert and Hucky was there at, at the Chinese Man Theater. Yeah. You know, wow. I, you yeah. know, I just, um, you know, like I said, you had um, uh, the Martha, Martha from um, uh, MTV. Martha Quinn. Martha yeah, Quinn. Martha Again. Quinn. Yeah, Martha I never Quinn. noticed she's short either. <laughs> yeah, you, you had because um, I saw I, I was looking at the video footage because it had uh, Sheila E and Eddie Murphy, mm -hmm. and you know Eddie Murphy was clowning. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, he was. He was clowning quite a bit. Really? Yeah, him and Little Richard. Little Richard. Yeah, at the po at the post show. Matter of fact, here is a here is a little clip. Let me let me let me show this clip from uh, the. Live coverage from the Palace in Hollywood continues. Celebration for Purple Rain. I have three amazing artists here with me. Eddie Murphy, Sheila E., Little Richard. All these people have just come from the film. Why don't I start with you? How did you feel about it? Did you like it? Well, what I felt about it is, you know, um, Prince is, uh, what I felt about it, Prince is an old friend of mine. And I really, he's me in this generation, you know. Uh, I, he's me for looks, you know that though. Michael Jackson is me, uh, uh, the Beatles was me, all of them are me, you know that. And so I had, a, I had this Bible made, especially for Prince, and put his name on the bottom of it. I wanted to give him this lovely Bible and this beautiful book <laughs> called Steps to Christ. Let him know that God cares for uh, him and God loves him. And God gave him that wonderful man. gift. Thank you, the one and only Little Richard. <laughs> Sheila, you saw the film. What did you think Eddie's about it? Eddie's it together. I thought it was great. I mean, there's, there's no words to explain. It was really good. I'm really proud of him. Now, you've known him for quite some time, haven't you? Yeah. Is this, is this an autobiographical movie or not? It's up to you. Whatever you think. Whatever we think? Yes. But you know. 
So, it is. Sure. What things are close to home in the film? I see it so hardcore. Everything. A woman of a few words. Now, you, while well, you have a co-credit on the vocals on Let's Go Crazy, right? No, on Erotic City. On Erotic City, I'm sorry. So you've worked with him before. Do you plan to work with Prince again in the future? Yeah, probably. We're going to start working on a couple of things later on this year. Yeah. Okay. Sheila E., thank you very much. Mr. Murphy. Eddie, you just saw the film too, right? Yes. You want to tell us what you thought about it? Well, I feel that Prince is me in this generation. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, you should ask someone that has a non-biased opinion because I'm a Prince groupie. And Prince would come stand like this for two hours and I'd go, yes! So you should uh, ask someone else. I love the movie. I think it's unbelievable. I think the man's a genius. You're, you're a James Brown fan too, aren't you? Yeah, well, James Brown is me in this generation. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you uh, worked at a Prince uh, impersonation into your act yet? Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of different stuff I'm doing my act next time I got on the road. Have to be way Did you want, we're going to go to commercial in just a second. You got, got a half a second to do your Prince impersonation for the first time live. Yeah, I got to wait on that one to next. What about James Brown? Got to wait on that one too. I did that already. You did, go James? commercial. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. <laughs> What, wow. what I love the most is Eddie Murphy just ripping on the. I don't know what was going on with Little Richard, but. Uh, <laughs> subtle. It's always subtle. <laughs> uh, rest in peace. Well, the, uh, awkward thing, the awkward thing is, I almost wore that same thing Eddie Murphy wore. Today, <laughs> yeah. so, really, really awkward. But, I, I had it on, and Jeff Jeff Page made me smart. change. Very smart. I, yeah, because I, 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 I was going to wear it. Yeah, all of us showing up in the same same outfit. Well, see, Eddie Murphy was me at the time. You know, uh, in this generation. <laughs> this generation. The generation. Exactly. Was... Uh, so, so yeah. So, Wally, did you get an opp- when did you get an opportunity to actually see the movie Purple Rain, the finished product? Um, I think I saw it in Detroit with my brother-in-law, Billy Sparks, um, and, and the rest of the, the Purple Gang crew. Um, you know, see, because um, when we shot the film, I was already in Minnesota. I told Billy them, uh, Prince wanted him to come to Minneapolis. Because we, we started shooting in sep- that September. We, we started shooting in September. So I, I, was, I was with him the whole duration. You know, I was security, Wrangler. I was an extra in the movie. You know, I, I did some everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So. Uh, and did, did Prince ever communicate to you what, you know, how he felt about the movie? Because one of the things that I heard regularly... Um, uh, Jeff Page, real quick. How's my mic? Am I too loud? Or am I too? Am I, okay, good. Okay. Um, I, I heard regularly is that Prince was obviously very, very concerned about people's perception of the movie because there's a lot of things that that are through the movie that are could possibly potentially be cause for concern. Um, and I know he was worried that Siskel and Ebert would rip into it. Um, but did he ever? communicate with any of his friends because I know he spoke to you privately on a lot of different, you know, what he felt about how this movie was going to work out. I mean, well, you know, actually not really, you know, cause like I said, you know, um, the, 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 the routine was, you know, me and chick picked him up in the morning at the purple house 
and mm-hmm. um, we he, we dro- took the limo, took the limo to the set. But you know, the whole time, you know, we talking in the limo, uh, chick driving, and he was playing the music. You know, I didn't know like the father song. You know, the fa- the father in the hallway song. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh wow, that's that sounds good. And then um, he he played. Um, I would die for you, and he, he was just playing different parts of the soundtrack each morning, cause you know you know you ride in a limo or a car with Prince, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, you got you got to have some headphones on, yeah, it's, or some earplugs or some earplugs, cause you know he got he got he got that um that system on ten. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves to play. That was one of the big testing points for him with any song is that he loved to play it in his car. So he would always go and play it in his vehicle and, and drive yeah. down the road and just kind of get the vibe for it. Yeah, I, I've well, heard that. You know, yeah, he have, he'd be driving a black <clears throat> beamer with the lamb cover seats. Mm. And, you know, you, you know, he got that bass and your shirt just jumping off your, <laughs> your shirt just <laughs> jumping up off your chest. And, so um, you know, it, it was something. So so when you saw the movie, what what was your what was your takeaway? Obviously, it's a great movie. We all know it was a great movie. But what what was your immediate takeaway when you when you saw the film? Did you have any? How did you feel I about thought, it? Well, I, well, I felt that it was a great concert movie mm. because you know it, it's you know the, the the opening of the movie it was it was it was it was breathtaking. Right. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So, Dwayne, it, it was breathtaking. Dwayne, when did when did you get an opportunity to to see the movie? <clears throat> that summer, um, it was uh, the date movie of the summer, and uh, it was one of those ones that you knew if you took a girl to this, it was a better opportunity than to have a great night than going to you know some dumb science fiction thing. It just you know you're looking for some you're looking for something that's going to make you want to dance. It's going to make you go out to a club and, and this music just, you, you can't, you, you leave the, the movie energized with the music and right. everything like this. And you just, it's, it's infectious. And, and um, I was living in a resort town in Maryland uh, that uh, summer and it was uh, ocean city, Maryland. And it was just this great, you know, I, I must've seen it four or five times that summer just because it was not only just a good movie and enjoyable at the time, uh, it's not aged as well. I mean, I will admit that there's, there's elements of it going, that's a little awkward now, but things, uh, you know, I was, I was only a few years older than you. So, you know, it was, it was still, you know, um, it was, it was my, I mean, I knew of Prince before that from controversy and 1999, but it was like, this was, that was here. And it's like, Whoa, it just, it was huge. I just remembered, you know, everything that someone was Prince. And I knew that I could never dress like him or never act like him without looking like a fool. And so I just, <laughs> you know, and I think that I knew a lot of people that tried to, a lot of my friends would try to do that. And I was like, no, no, that's, no, no, stop that. And but it was, boy, that was, that was the summer. And I never thought when I was watching this, the idea that I would end up writing a book about this stuff and, and knowing these, some of these people and, and have, considering them friends, you know, and, and, and make so much friendships like you guys based on on this. It's just nuts. So, right. yeah, it's just, a, you know, I think it's another way Prince brought a lot of people together in a way that, yeah, nobody else, you know, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, you know, it's I, I love going to a Prince event now 
knowing that you guys have all probably around the same age, but have seen this stuff. We like the same music. We have the same stuff in common. That's, you know, it's a, you created a family. And I think right. that's something that people kind of overlook sometimes is how much of a bond, you know, that, uh, you know, and I'll tell you, for example, Wally and I have talked on the phone and we'll just talk, you know, and, and yes. it's just, it's just like about all this stuff, not necessarily about Prince, but that's just like, just because we know we have that much in common already. And it's, it's just, it's really something. I mean, it's me being a nerd, but you know, I, well, I, I have to be, I, I take the thing I, I get most out of this is the interpersonal relationships I made with people from all this stuff. Yeah. That was the biggest thing that I think being a Prince fan has done for a lot of people is it really has, you know, cause a lot of people to gravitate towards each other uh the strays of the world if you will and just kind of i mean the friendship and the camaraderie of prince fans is just unparalleled by by any other artist that i can think of yeah for sure. in a lot of ways we're like the the island of misfit toys and i've <laughs> yeah, used right. that again before and, but right. i always feel like a lot of us are just like i don't fit i don't fit you know and then we get together and we're like oh god it's a charlie in the box oh <laughs> i and, do and, fit here <laughs> i do fit in thank you and and there's a there's a it's just nice knowing that you got a bunch of people who kind of accept you for being a little more artistic or a little crazier or just having funny ideas well well all i gotta say is you about not say nothing bad about the man or they're gonna go crazy on you yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're gonna go bat shit crazy on you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it's, also it's, a lot. it's like it's like to me, they will not let this man soul rest. It's true. Right. I mm. think there's a lot of people that do think they do know what Prince thinks. Oh, Prince yeah. wouldn't like that. Prince would like oh, that. Yeah. And and I didn't yeah, know him, so like I can't I can't say one way or the other. I I I unfortunately never met him and never you know had anything to do with him. So I can't say what he would like and what he can't. I can only guess and, and also prince would change his mind a lot of times he'd say something on a monday and by tuesday or monday afternoon he's changed his mind about what he wanted to do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my oh my god you know you know yeah. i just you know on the road with him i just went to sleep with my clothes on because he was a, he was a, he's a night owl right you know, his, right. His, 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 you know his, his vampire hours is like from two in the morning till sunrise and then he was sick for six hours and he backed up at it. Now, you know, the, my thing was on the movie set, my, my enjoyment, you know, God rest his soul, Clarence William III, he was, he was only in there for like three or four days. Did yeah, this thing and got up out of there. Wow. Wow. He yeah. got in there and got out. That's uh, I mean, that's that's crazy. I, I didn't I didn't know that, that was, you know, I, it, this is the most uh, interesting thing that I, I know about this movie is that and, I, and, and some people don't know this, um, but one of the one of the more interesting things is that, um, again, Prince was so concerned about the fact that people were going to just rail on this movie and the movie overall got really, really great reviews, which I mean, you know, again, he he said he had nightmares that Siskel and Ebert were going to trash his movie. He said, "I dreamed those two guys on the TV were reviewing the movie, and that fat guy was tearing me up." Right. <laughs> That's what he said. But the exact opposite happened that, because that they guy. said that they said they have made a first-class picture that is expertly done at every level. 
Kurt Loder from Rolling Stone gave the film some pretty high marks, and he had some interesting quotes in it, too. He said, this must be the first rock movie in years in which drugs are never mentioned, let alone used, and in which alcohol is depicted very subtly as a personal hindrance, but not a high, and that characters spend most of their time working, rehearsing tunes, and running through routines in a determined effort to make something of themselves. Rarely has the work ethic been made to seem so cool. See, that, I, now, I'd never read that before, but to me, that shows what an influence he had on the, on the picture when it came to this. Because I never even thought about the fact that this is a lot of rehearsal and practice and getting ready. Yeah, I know he was going to play, play the prince character, the kid. Um, but no, you think about how much of this is him preparing for the shows and, now, and whatnot like that. That's amazing to me. Now, a lot of people don't know this. <clears throat> the film was originally called Dreams. We, a lot of people do know that. And Warner Brothers was willing to put some good money behind it if the lead vocalist in the movie would feature John Travolta <laughs> instead of Prince. And this is not a joke. Right. <laughs> uh, Prince obviously refused, so they reluctantly let him have his way, with, but with a much smaller budget. And while that sounds crazy, the film's director, Albert Magnoli, actually confirmed it. He said that, yes, John Travolta, they were trying to push John Travolta in that lead role. And that, to me, is insane. I, I, when I first heard that, I, I said, there's no way this is true. There's no way coming this off is the, true. Coming off the film triumph of staying alive, I mean, I can't imagine why they yeah. would have objected to that. Okay, so I got I to gotta rip off what Wally said as far as it being a concert movie. Right. so much of it is that um seeing it at midnight with a sold out crowd and Oof. my friend and i had gone to the palace to film the arrivals at the party and stuff and they told us we were going to get in there and we didn't so and then we had to drop off the equipment to, so we were actually racing back to get there by midnight and every seat in the place was full so there were two seats literally in the first row i don't know if you have been in man's chinese it's huge and the first row is really close to the screen um so the thing was everybody screamed through the entire movie it was literally like being at a at a concert so that is what is seared in my brain that night where it's so large i can hardly focus on the entire view of it and then with people screaming the whole time it was so exciting and i i really think it was so absolutely effective in that way that you know it was the drama was great because that everybody got to settle down for a few minutes you know like a slow song in a concert you know right. but otherwise it was literally screaming the entire time you know, so exciting it's funny we're talking about the live stuff um by the time they got to doing the live stuff at uh, first avenue they were behind schedule already <clears throat> and this is uh, magnolia's first movie and ever pretty much everybody in it for the most part what the main characters were all first times so they were like terribly behind they realized that they were shooting the the performance like prince turning okay and then cut do another thing and they realized wait we could just shoot the performance but the other part about that is it was lit for a concert show and the concert lighting and movie lighting are two very different things yeah and so they had to reset everything but once they figured out to do this they got not only ahead of a uh, done schedule they got ahead of schedule and they were able to shoot each performance several times and be able to cut back and forth between them which made things a lot easier they, they didn't realize they could rush through that and i think that's kind of fascinating that the i never thought about the lighting and that's one of the reasons why on things like uh 
the Syracuse show, the lighting's a little difficult because it's lit for a concert, not for a video. And that's why blues and reds and purples often bleed in the pictures on, on old, especially on VHS tapes. And, and so that's, it's, yeah, somebody has said, and I can't remember, uh, Dwayne, you're probably the perfect person to answer this. Who was the gentleman that was responsible for that lighting in the movie? Well, the, the, well, uh, Roy Bennett did, did the lighting for, <clears throat> right. um, for the, for the concert parts. I don't remember what the name of the, of the cinematographer was. B because what Roy did. Well, the, the cinematographer was Susan Rogers. No, the cinematographer for the movie, for the, the, um, uh, the, the film for yeah for for the for the con the, the lighting at the concert yeah, yeah I don't remember who that was who the DP well was. well Roy Bennett what he did with the lighting at the concert you know the way that it was filmed it had never concert footage had never really been captured that way there was mm -hmm. something there was something the way that he did it that made it very rich I mean even on crappy eighties it was just very very rich and uh, vibrant and it was just nobody had ever seen concert footage that way I mean and we've seen I mean you know we're all child of the 70s and we, we we've seen lots of concert films but nothing quite like this that captured it in that way um, it was kind of like the first time you ever heard Boston at, and on their guitar the guitar work on Boston is like whoa that's like really out front mm -hmm. and it's the same type of thing where you're watching that you know um, it was just really, really, it was really cool. And it was just, it really broke ground in a lot of ways. And I think that's, you know, there's all these really cool points about Purple Rain that a lot of people didn't notice. Like Dwayne, you were just talking about the the inter, the uh, review. And I when I re first read that review and I wrote it down for the show, I didn't think about that either. There was no drugs being used right. on in, in the movie. There was no, nobody was getting drunk. Uh, yeah. at the bar I mean they there was the scenes where Morris and Apollonia are at the table and there's drinks on the table but it was just for the for the scene it was just right. you know he's drinking in the he's drinking the dipping in the in the alley and stuff like that but right. it's in a bad way it's not it's not to make him creative it's actually bringing him down right well, exactly. and when he tries to make a move on Apollonia and he bumps the drink and it spills on the table it's like and she's like oof it like focuses on the destructive nature of intoxicants as opposed right. to you know celebrating yeah, it, which is yeah. really crazy that's just um well and when you think how they combine the concert footage with those scenes i'm thinking of the beautiful ones and uh where he's talking to apollonia from the stage with that red light and she's became in, reacting to him and Morris is devastated by him basically putting the moves on her in on song the with the conference uh, the you know the concert footage that's what was so amazing about it, it was almost operatic uh, operatic in that way I also like the fact that he, he still included Dez who was no longer with the band doing modern air in there so you're going this is fantastic and you see those of us who knew who des was you know <clears> the <throat> big uh, thing we're like okay he's he's, he's in this so yeah. you got the new stuff with wendy you got des you got the time even though it wasn't the time that a lot of people knew but i'll tell you most people <clears throat> did not know uh because you know, purple rain got so big they didn't realize I mean, people going i've heard interviews with jimmy and terry who said people talk about us being in purple rain it's like we weren't in purple rain 
you know, and that's that's interesting. They were fired right before it, just before, <laughs> and that opens up. That's what the tour, uh, the thing from the tour bus about Morris Day. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Is how he had to go on with the movie without his bandmates, right? Well, and, and that was the other thing, too, with that, Tony. Uh, for, for those of you just joining us, uh, obviously, I'm your host, Mr. Christopher with Funkatopia Live with my illustrious co-host, Jeff Page. Uh, we also have Mr. Tony Blass, who was actually at the premiere and shot a lot of the great, great footage that you can see on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you search for uh, Purple Rain premiere, Tony Blass is actually a videographer who was actually there. We also have the amazing... Uh, the one and only my good friend, writer extraordinaire, Dwayne Tudal for Prince of the Purple Rain Era studio sessions with all of his uh, lovely details. And also we have Wally Safford in the house who is uh, in Purple Rain. He was Prince's bodyguard and he has stories for days and days and days. Hey, hey everybody. Hello, hello. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, another thing I found interesting about, about this film, you know, uh, speak, oh, wait, somebody was about to say something before I interrupted. What, was it... Um, I'm sure it's vital. Well, I'm going to tell y'all this. This y'all probably didn't know. Now, you know, um, um, First Avenue, it, it had, it was pretty much white. It was white audience, right? Uh-huh. So, right. So when they, when, so when they did um, uh, Morris and them with, with, uh, with uh, Apollonia 6, and at that club, what was that? The taste they had to recruit blacks to be in that club. What? Wow. Yeah, yeah, they had they had to recruit some blacks. They matter of fact, they went and got this guy, um, longtime friend, he's from Chicago, but he moved to Minneapolis. Scotty Parham and um James Bryant, who used to be Morris's bodyguard, they had to recruit blacks to be over there at that club. I mean, they had, it was some whites in the crowd, but they had to, they had to recruit more blacks for that, wow. for that club for sex shooter. That's insane. That's well, wow. You know, has Prince ever had a predominantly black crowd in, I mean, every single, I've seen him 27 times in concert and it's always been predominantly white, but I did not see any concerts before 1999 no. was the first 1999 no. was the first tour that I saw every was there even in his early days was it was all predominantly white no uh, it, it I'd was, say it was a mixture a mixture yeah I, mixture. I worked in a club at where they were doing it uh where they did uh the dirty mind tour and it was a disco roller ring called flippers in Hollywood so um and they performed in the middle of the roller ring and that wow. was mostly, I think it was mostly white disco roller skaters. Yeah, I mean, I, it's always been it's always been a mixed crowd. I mean, don't get me wrong; there's yeah, always been a right. mixed crowd, but but never to the point. But that's and really I was on crazy. my way to see uh, the controversy tour at the Santa Monica Civic, which is about a thousand people. Santa Monica also being a very sort of wealthy suburb. Um, uh, but I, that's when I got the, that's the night I got the job as the videographer. So, uh, I missed the show. So yeah, I, my first show was, uh, 1999, even though I'd been into, into him for years before that. Yeah. I, I, I was, I got hit pretty hard with dirty mind and then controversy, but I didn't get the chance to see him until 1999. And, and, um, it was, by act 15. 
Yeah, and it was yeah. it was by it was it was t- I didn't buy the ticket. It was actually given to me, and I was taken to the concert. And uh, I was just too young to really kind of appreciate what I was seeing. I wasn't in that. Ooh, got to watch concert mode. Um, I was in fifteen year old. That was an amazing <laughs> concert, though. Let's not forget what that it was. Was it was a great seventy five minutes, and I had never seen a concert where it was literally mixed from the first beat to the last beat, and it was it was just like the well, video. Well, his concept, his concept of the revolution, he had a mixed band. You know, you know, yeah. you know, he had a mixed band. He don't, he didn't want to come off as all black. You know, right. Well, mm-hmm. until the NAACP came down on him, and oh. they told him, you know, he don't have enough black working for him. Well, I I never heard this story. He was he the NAACP approached him about that. Yes, they did, sir. Yes, sir. Wow, I never yes, heard that. Did. Well, see, because now Prince crafted his band like towards Sly Stone. To, to, like Sly Stone. Yeah. So that was a whole that was a whole point of that was to to, yeah, to kind right. of cater to everybody. But I didn't yeah, realize right. the NAACP yeah, stepped well, in. Well, well, that's how me, Greg, and Jerome and Brooks got into the band. What? Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning all kinds of new stuff tonight. Yeah, yeah, we 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 was the dancing security. Uh, right, yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, that's just crazy to me. I didn't know. So, and they, they, and they didn't like that that we were up front with him. Wow, the, the, the band wasn't too happy about that. Mm. Well, that's... I've got an end of, I've got an NAACP story about Prince. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. Great. All right, Tony the Blast. owner. I I don't know if I'm allowed to tell this, but it's been a long time. So let's I think do it anyway. So okay, you're, you're so good. Julian Bond, <laughs> CEO or emeritus and this was in the 90s his daughter phyllis was obviously a huge prince fanatic she lived out here for a few years but her home was atlanta and so she knew uh jimmy jam and terry lewis very well or whatever but when prince came to town she could get she could get all the way backstage and all the way to meet him and so uh he invited her to the uh his his penthouse and uh, he said hey. that she should call him from the outside house phone, outside his door. Let her let her know, let him know when she was there. So she got there at like 11 or 11.30 or something. And he talked to her all night long on the house phone. She fell asleep in the hall. <laughs> he kept waking her up and saying, are you still there? <laughs> She'd be like, yes, oh. I'm still here. And uh, it was very sweet because uh, at some point, like about seven in the morning, he said, I think you probably should go home now. She's like, okay. Oh, wow. And she was gorgeous, by the way. I'm just saying. Oh, you don't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> you got to get the hell out of here. He's like, he's like, do you really want to come in? She's like, yes, I really want to come in. I, I have a very, I have a very similar story to that that's not virtual related at all. Was this girl that lived across the street from me in New Jersey when I was nineteen, twenty, and she called me on the phone and we were talking on the phone and it was late at night and I fell asleep, and at four o'clock in the morning I woke up and this is like three hours after we had started the conversation and I, it was we didn't have wireless phones it was just a corded phone and it kind of slid across the floor, and I went to pick it up and I realized it wasn't. And I said, hello. And she goes, oh, you're awake. <laughs> and I said, what? 
She goes, hey, I was just listening to you snore. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to let you go now. She goes, like, I'm let it, she's like, I'm listening to you breathe. And I'm just like, okay. Well, she's making sure you're still alive. <laughs> I guess yeah. so. She was just reading, listening to me. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, what is she reading? I don't know. Was she reading that? Yeah. Should be. So let's talk a little bit about some of the some of the details about this movie. The movie uh, cost seven million dollars to make, made seventy million, so mm. a, a tenfold return is pretty good, uh, for bad. sure. Uh, we did lose a lot of great artists um, during this process. We lost um, the great uh, screenwriter William Blinn. Uh, who is the, who is this picture right here? Who passed in 2020? Who not? He was not only one of the screenwriters for Purple Rain, but he was also a screenwriter for Roots as well. Um, we also lost. Obviously, we had we had just mentioned this. We also lost Clarence as well. Uh, Clarence Williams III, who died in 2021, and now many didn't really know who he was before this movie Link. for, for the Prince fans. Yeah, but he was yeah he was already well established as an actor oh, yeah. in the legendary Mod Squad. Uh, the General's Daughter, Reindeer Games, ha and he was in Half Baked too, by the way. Uh, yeah, so uh, lots of TV and uh, movie appearances. Uh, obviously, we also lost Chick, uh, Chick, Chick Hunsbury, aka Chick, in 1990. Uh, just a lot of. I mean, he actually has uh, a book that he wrote a lot about his uh, travels with Prince called uh, White Slave. Uh, you can actually. Um, uh, he was basically, and he wasn't talking about that. He was talking about cocaine. Okay. Um, and um, so, picture, I want to make sure when, when the, the guy behind him, that's his one shot of fame, and he's looking like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like he, he wants to show everybody. Look, I got a picture with me and Prince. Oh, uh, I'm going like this. There I am. You could have been technically photoshopped. He's got uh, that on his it. wall. The guy's got that on his wall. <laughs> That's my fresh, fresh with fame there. Yeah, but you know what's crazy is that um, Clarence Williams III, who played Prince's dad, uh, Olga Carlados, who played Prince's mom, and Apollonia, who obviously played Prince's love interest, were the only professional actors in the entire movie. And, and technically, if you check IMDb, Olga, Prince's mom in the film only did like three or four more appearances on some TV episodes and then she retired, just disappeared. Apollonia, not too different. She had a run on Falcon's Crest shortly after uh, after the film, about a half a dozen other appearances in the 90s and whatnot. And I mean, but she hasn't really done much of, of anything at all. She's doing a lot of uh, stuff behind the scenes now. Yeah, I, it, I, yeah, mm -hmm. nothing that's documented at IMDb. I wish they would update it because I would love to see some of the stuff yeah, that she's, she's working awesome. on right yeah, now. She, and she's got her yeah. podcast right now, but she's been doing a, a number of things behind the scenes where she was producing a few things for some, oh. uh, uh, I think, some Spanish TV uh, and things like that, as I recall. Well, now here's something else that maybe some people didn't or may or not have known. It's a well-known fact that Vanity was originally supposed to play that lead role, but she decided against it and it was offered to Apollonia instead. But what some people don't know is that also considered for this role is a woman by the name of Jennifer Beals, uh, who is who some may remember from Flashdance. This is a picture from Flashdance. Beale turned down the role to study at Yale, and she is doing fine since she has a regular part on the HBO show The L Word as Bette Porter. But uh, do we have any Star Wars fans out there? Because if you do, you may recognize her from the book of Boba Fett, 
where she plays Garza Fwip in the book of Boba Fett, who is, uh, she is the, I guess the manager of this club, uh, in the book of Boba Fett. So that's the girl from Flashdance, but she was yeah. considered for that lead role. Yeah. But she, he dated her too. I did not know that. Okay. <laughs> of course, you did not know that. I did not know that. Yeah, well, 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 at the club in L.A., um, at, um, what's the club? It was... Um, Vertigo? Vertigo? No, no, no. It was up under... It was... Over the Beverly Center? Yes, it's up under... Uh, under, uh, under that was... Um, up under the... Under the up yeah. Under the, uh, the thing. Uh, voila, was, voila. Yeah, it was members only. You couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't. I think Prince didn't have a membership. His uh, manager, um, um, not Steve Fargnoli, but uh, the other one, uh, Cavallo. Um, yeah. Bob Cavallo. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Bob and uh, no Ruffalo. Joe. Joe had it. Joe had the membership. Would you really need a membership if you're a Prince? Would a club yeah. say you can't come in here, sir? Well, well, it, it was a club restaurant. Yeah, it was, was a it, it, club it, and a restaurant. So, is it voila? Is it voila? Voila. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the yeah. club, okay. but it was it was it was under the parking structure of Beverly Center. Uh, and so he took her there. With the, they wanted to, they dated there a lot. No, I think I think I think the club was Tramps. It was okay. called Tramps. Okay. 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 At the time, it was called Tramps, and um, so over in the little section, you know, had a little dance area, and so me and Prince used to go there, and he told me to go pick up these girls that walked in the door, invite them over to the house, right? So, so this is a funny story. Johnny Carson walked in. And um, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, he have his hands in his pockets and be leaning back. Yep. He walked in, <laughs> and and both the girls grabbed his arm. He said, "Wally, what happened?" I said, uh, "Johnny's uh, wallet was bigger than yours. <laughs> his, his wallet crushed your wallet." <laughs> he said, "Oh." <laughs> wow. Oh my! I did not know that they dated. That is, that's crazy. Yeah. That, so Jennifer Bill was in the restaurant, but then she came over into the club part, and they sat and talked. I mean, you know, everybody would be in there. Simon Phil, um, wow. Sylvester Stallone, uh, Bridget Nielsen, um, you name it, they would be in there. You wow, know, I mean Sylvester Stallone is real short. Not to me. So, <laughs> I keep know, saying this. I don't know what's going on. You know he's not. He ain't too much taller than Prince. <laughs> I don't see it. Well, you know, and, and th this wasn't the only the only sticking point in in this movie. Obviously, was finding a leading was trying to find a leading lady uh, because during that process of trying to find that role ultimately settling with Apollonia, they did hit a brick wall since many of the women that had read the script were just appalled by it. I mean, the overwhelming consensus was that they were talking about how misogynistic the, the, the it was. I mean, and, and you can't really, I mean, let's, uh, let's take a look at this. Oh, 
Woo! <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's obviously just a taste of some of the, you know, some of that. I mean, Albert Magnoli said that women who read the script said it was the worst thing that they had ever read. I mean, and, and I think that when they were writing this movie, you know, they really captured some of that, the pimp vibe, you know. And if you really think about it, everything about this period of music and the backdrop for this music movement was definitely very misogynistic. I mean, don't, wouldn't you think? I mean, I... I don't know why I'm asking. I mean, because it definitely was. I mean, Grace. <laughs> that ain't Lake, Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> I have to say, though, after that scene, I can't as many times as I'd wish I was somewhere near a dumpster and could do that to somebody, male or female. <laughs> Just wanted to walk up and throw someone in a dumpster after that. But I think that he, he took he took all those things and he, he like definitely made it so the time was the one that kind of was the, he was the time was the one that kind of was allocated those types of things i mean the uh i don't know do you, no no he, he made her jump at a lake that wasn't lake minnetonka and well, no he tried to stop her he tried to stop her but he did slap her he said what well, he slaps her in the movie he he, he does he, yes so yes it's, it's, yes i think the thing is right. interesting about it is it's an unrelenting uh, um uh unflinching look at that kind of stuff and, and yes it's very misogynistic when you look at it in retrospect but from what people have said, this is sort of the thing that was going on at the time. So it was kind of um, not documentary at all, but just it was looking at that that period. It's not that's we, the part, well, those are the parts that sh- didn't age well, as far as I'm concerned. You well, know, we shot did. that scene. It was like the crack of dawn, and it was cold outside. Which which one? Uh, that when she he he said that's not Lake Minnetonka. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And we shot that at the crack of dawn, like like three, four in the morning. The sun was coming up. Yeah, and they, the water yeah. was freezing. So, on the movie set, the cameraman Craig Chenault, um, he was the cameraman, and uh, the girl from Falcon Crest was on there. She was there. She was on the movie set as well. Uh, what's, what what's her name? Um, I can I can see her face. Anna um, Alicia. Who? Anna no. Alicia plays the other young girl at that time. No, not Anna Alicia. Is, no, is no, no, Mar- no. Oh, Morgan Fairchild. Morgan Fairchild. Yes. Mm. That was Craig Chenault's girlfriend at the time. Oh, wow. She, she That's why on, she, was she was at the on, premiere. Yeah, she yes. was at the movie. She was on a movie set the whole time. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, so we actually have the little uh, clip of the slap for those who have not seen Purple Rain. I don't know why you're here, but here's the slap. What? I'm going to join Morris's group. Now, obviously, that, that's a shocker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, the, now, the biggest thing is, you know, uh, the overarching issue with this is that everybody was really upset about this, and especially his good friend, um, Stevie Nicks, who was at the premiere, and as many know, uh, Stevie Nicks and Prince are very, very close. But um, when she was at the premiere, when she saw that scene, Stevie Nicks got up from her seat and went to the bathroom, ran out and ran to the restroom and never came back for the rest of the movie. Uh, when Prince asked her why she was gone um, and she told him why she had left, um, I guess she was a victim of, of you know some abuse as well. 
uh, domestic abuse, uh, Prince was just devastated because, you know, he, he, he had never intended to hurt her or anything. As, I mean, I just, the result of which they wouldn't talk for like a really, really long time. Um, so I, I think this is like, you're right. This, Tony, you're right. And Dwayne, you're right too. This, this movie doesn't age well in that regard. But it doesn't remember, this is a, a movie and this is not Prince doing that. It's a character. Correct. Well, it's, correct. It's, it's written to be like this. So that happens. He, he then almost slaps her in the alley. So there's, there's yeah. a lot of this, this character that he's playing and is in playing a character, not Prince doing this is not Prince. And I have to make sure people understand this is, you know, it's like being mad at David Prowse for, for blowing up a planet, in Star Wars. And that's not it, how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's about in, integrity of what he was trying to convey. And the, the message wasn't showing that he's just this person, even, you know, even though it, that's what he was doing. But it was about what he was getting from his father that he had to come out of. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it, it was like he grew up in it. And so until you until something happens, he was becoming that. And so that's the takeaway from that. It's not just, hey, this is just who I am. It was like, well, there's a history for that. And, you know, somebody's going to have to wake up. Yeah. Arlene is right with what she's saying there. It's a plot narrative that shows the growth of him toward the end. And you realize, oh, yeah, there it is. Boom. This is what he's done. <laughs> Arlene's so smart. Yeah. Yes. Um, so she said so, it yeah. better than I did. But oh, she's great. <laughs> right. And then, of course, the, the other thing that's kind of going on behind the scenes, and one of the things that we saw, Tony, in the footage that you got from the premiere was uh, Morris Day, when he comes up to the MTV stage and they're saying, uh, is Morris Day in the time going to tour? I, I, he's like, well, we don't want to talk about that. And I love that. When, we, because what's really, really important for a lot of people to know is at this point in time, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis had been fired from the band and the the band that you see in the movie, which I will admit when I saw the movie, I didn't, I was not paying attention to the individual members of the time. I just looked right. at it as a band. I, it, it, that part did not connect with me when I saw the movie uh, at 16. But Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis had gotten fired and they had hired some other people to step in. St. Paul Peterson on the keys. Dwayne, who else was? Uh, Rocky was Rocky, on. right. Rocky. Yeah. And uh, so in the movie, it was Jimmy uh, and Rocky were in the movie. But Rocky, I think, got fired right after they did that. So when they played. No, no, no. Actually, it was uh, uh, Paul St. Paul, uh, Jerry Hubbard, and Mark Cardenas. Yes, Mark, but Jerry Hubbard was in. Jerry, Jerry Hubbard replaced Rocky in the, I think the Rocky was there for the first day. Maybe he didn't, that's right. Well, Rocky well, only well, played the show. Well, Rocky only played the show in, in October of 83. Yeah, but see, not, Rocky right. was with Jesse's band. Right, right. But he he uh, the, he got fired because he was late for the thing, from what I understood. And, and Jerry, uh, you're right, Guardian. Uh, um, uh, Jerry took over for him. So okay. <laughs> If you guys even believe anything about the Mandela effect, at some point you're going to watch Purple Rain and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis will be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. I could have sworn this. But, you sworn know, they weren't. We talked about this. Well, well, speaking of Terry and Jimmy, they're getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this, in this September. As they should be. Okay. Should be. That's yeah, great. Exactly right. It's a little, it's a little late. It's I about know. time, right? <laughs> I see what you do there. So, so I think, I think the original band should play 
but oh. it's it's a it's a little discrepancy there. I'd love to see it. Well, again, I don't I don't think that there's any problem with. Um, I think the only person who really has this kind of weird contention thing is Jesse Johnson with this with that whole mix. Not we're getting too far off the Purple Rain track, but yeah. you know Jesse Johnson stepped away because he was very very frustrated at at the time and um, just that they wouldn't tour, and not back then. I'm talking about currently, like in the 2000s. Now that we're talking about current stuff, because when the original seven whole debacle happened, Jesse Johnson literally stepped away because he was very very frustrated at the whole situation that they were not booking shows they weren't getting out there and touring they weren't rehearsing and he just like all right i'm i'm gonna go work with d'angelo for a while and off, off he went so i don't think they're wally i think you bring a good point i think that the time could i think a reunion would be great but jimmy jam and terry lewis also have a lot of other things on their on their docket as well with maybe a a full reunion Along with Janet Jackson coming out, along with the SOS band coming out, you know, just showing, mm. you know, just having like this big reunion of all of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's work. I think that would be fantastic. Oh, that yeah. would be it. That's um, right. SOS band is the one they got fired over. Right. Right. They got oh, right. caught in a airplane, right? They came no, back they, late. They got, they, got, they got trapped in this little town right here, ATL. Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. They were here and, in, because Atlanta does not handle snow at all. Uh, right, of course and, not. And, and 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 uh so that was actually the time that I got to meet Jesse Johnson when was we had a little bit of an ice storm and his band couldn't even get around town. And he ended up playing like uh it was a trio. It was Jesse Johnson and a drummer and a bassist and they sat and and played to twenty five people at Lonzell's. Yeah. <laughs> and I was one of them. I was so happy. But uh, yeah, we don't handle snow well. But that ultimately did get Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis fired because they could not get out of Atlanta to get back to where they were supposed to be. And Prince just cut them loose. And that and that's ultimately what caused all the problems with Morris on the set. Because I mean, there were times where he ref was refusing to show up. He would right. They had to go he, find he him every day. They is what. Right. They said that said. he was under the influence a lot of a lot of it. Wally, you were there. What what was some of the things that were going on with Morris that you know maybe we haven't well, heard? Well, you know, uh, Prince sent Craig Rice and Alan Lee's to go get Morris from his apartment. You know, well, he was kind of bugged out because you know that was his band, and Prince fired. Terry and Jimmy. Right. You know, mm -hmm. I guess he wasn't too happy about that. And, you know, Terry and Jimmy, you know, uh, Prince, they was in Atlanta, the ATL, working on the SOS band, Take Your Time. Do it, and, right? Yeah, so, Sorry. But, <laughs> but Prince, Prince flew them to Lakeland, Florida in a private uh, uh, Learjet. And fired them right there, but back back because you know when they walked back, when they came in the in the back door, they looked as scared. You know, uh, mm. Terry was, but Jimmy didn't. You know, he said he was he was he was cool with that. <laughs> but see, it's, but it's got an issue, and 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 I don't I don't blame Terry and Jimmy for working on with SOS because. Mm. Mm -mm. Prince wasn't paying them nothing anyway, and they had to play twice. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, they behind Apollonia. Yeah. Right. Three yeah. Times. They had to Three play times. behind. Three. They had Three to times. play behind Vanity Six. They oh, twice, had to twice, play, twice, right? Twice, right? You know, they, yeah. they had to play behind Vanity Six, and they had to do their show. So, behind the curtains, 
uh, Prince and Jesse be back there battling on the guitars. That's be just... back there battling, you know. Wow. You know, Prince was kind of afraid of Jesse. You know, because Jesse could play. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's... Really there was a there was a lot of weird contention going on, so there was a little bit of reality between the the warring of those bands. I mean, we've heard all the stories about the the food fights and and Jesse Johnson being handcuffed to towel racks and things like that. But and and and, and like I said, out of all the people in the band, why why would it be him? You know, he threw a he threw a, a cream pie in his face while he was on stage. <laughs> And and Prince said, "You bat not bother my set, or you're gonna get fired." <laughs> so so after so after this after this oh. show was over, and at the Riverfront Coliseum in Cincinnati, Terry and Jimmy went and got a, a bunch of AIDS. Oh, they was they was throwing hard. Mm-hmm. They was throwing Terry uh, Terry and Jimmy was they was throwing Terry was throwing like 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 he was like uh, Josh Gibson or somebody. He was throwing them eggs hard at Prince. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Prince could dish it out, but he couldn't take it. (laughs) You know, I mean, it it was funny, but you know, but see what, 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 if y'all look at the whole story, the whole story, Prince, it was only doing to them what was done to him with the Rolling Stones. Mm. They threw stuff at him and all of that, you know, and like I said, he, he swore. That that'll never happen again. You know, mm. you know, you know, because see, you know, Rolling Stone fans, they they only want to see nobody but the Rolling Stones. Right. They don't want to see nobody, not Prince, and especially you got a guy in some bikini underwear with some leggings. <laughs> that was a weird pairing, anyways. Really. Yeah. Oh, I I it happened here in L.A. and I remember it very well. It was an all-day festival, and. Uh, I had told my friends to look out for Prince. He was going to, he's the guy, he's the man. And they came back at work and they were like, that guy in the, in the bikini underwear and then dancing around. And they, they bottled him. That's, and yeah, they sounded happy about it. It was see, see, I, I ugh, worked with, scary. I worked, my, my era with Prince was from 79 to 87. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good era. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I was with Prince when he wasn't talking to nobody. Only he was talking to me, but he wasn't talking to nobody else. You know, his managers, they had to come to me and ask me what kind of mood he was in. I said, "Well, if you look in his eyes, he ain't had no sleep. It's not a good day to talk to him. It's really mm. not a good day because he hasn't had no sleep." Which was usual. <laughs> no, 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 not all the time. Not all the time. Um, except the rehearsals. You know, he, um, now, back to Purple Rain. Now, that scene uh, with the house, you know, where, where his father got shot at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was, that was, um, that was just the outer, outer shell. But that actually... The basement, all that was on the, on the, the set, and the and the warehouse right there on 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 um, fifth on, and, and right there and, uh, on um, right there in Eaton Prairie, yeah. right right up from the warehouse where he had his studio. 
Mm. That, they, that's what that's where they shot that at. They shot that. That was right. You know, I mean, because you know, Hollywood came to Minneapolis. Yeah. And, uh, well, I'd also heard you, you were mentioning the Lake Minnetonka scene and they tried to shoot that five times and that, you know, Apollonia was having a very, I heard that they finished that scene in, in LA. LA. In LA. In LA. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, you know, his stunt double was Brad Olson. Uh, Princess stunt, stunt double? Yes. He, the guy for, that for the, was. The motorcycle oh, work? Okay. Yes. Because, uh, you know, you know, Brad, he passed away, but Brad, he played in, um, he played in the movie Scarface. Mm. You know, he was one of the shooters with Scarface, but uh, he passed away. He was a stunt man. So, see, Prince Bike was not a clutch; it was an automatic. Now, uh. now, now, if you if you remember in the movie when he was riding down that trail, you, you heard the clutch. You heard the guy popping the clutch. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, that was that that was Brad. But you only saw the back of him. You never mm -hmm. saw his face. Oh wow! Question for you guys: Was that that wasn't Lake Minnetonka, was it? That wasn't Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> that was. I, I don't think it no. was. No. Lake I Calhoun, think so. I think is what it was. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think it was Minnetonka. Well, that's yeah. the city of ten thousand lakes, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, mm. there's a couple other interesting points about the movie. Uh, this uh, some I didn't, I had no idea. Uh, even though Prince and Morris Day are the leaders of their respective bands in Purple Rain, and obviously the t some of the two core focal characters are the leaders of their band, in the entire film, Morris Day says only 13 words to Prince the entire movie. I don't know if anybody was like, counting. Well, yeah, yeah. How, how's the family being? How's how's the family? How's the family being? Uh, three of them. That <laughs> <laughs> was cold. It was yeah. really yeah. cold. Yeah. So how's the family the alley when he calls them names in the alley? Uh, right. Uh, yeah. You purple faggot. I think is what he calls long, them or something. Long I think they've actually edited that because I seem like yeah. I, maybe I watched I it on TV that. and they they no, made no, a. No, uh, he said you long you long haired faggot. Long he hair. said you yeah I think it's something like that yeah and, but if you watch the TV version I think they edit that because well, I guess well, that's well, hateful well, language but they leave well, the slap in. Well, how many words did Brown Mark have? Zero. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, one or two yeah. shots. Brown, Brown Mark says absolutely nothing. We know what's also interesting. How, you know how many movies that Prince says to Morris in the movie? None. Zero. Zero. Prince never addresses Morris Day in the movie at all. He, they never have a discussion. They never talk. You can replay the entire movie in your head. Prince never addresses or talks to Morris in the film. So that you find out Morris was was dead the whole time. Kind of like right. Well, well, see. <laughs> well, that's a good like, like he's a ghost all the time. He, he sees <laughs> dead people. He sees dead people. <laughs> well, he was well, he was talking to um, Billy to, to Morris. Right. He, yeah. But... He was talking to Billy to Morris. He heard Morris got a girl group. You know anything about it? Yeah. You know, he said, no. <laughs> yeah, but there, but there's no direct dialogue going on between Prince. I, I never noticed that. I never noticed that. So that everything they have, yeah. everything against each other is almost on stage. Is they're battling on stage. Pretty much. It was more about the work again. There's, there's not a bunch of, you know, you did this to me. It was nothing like that. It was like, I'll play this better riff than you. I will top you on this. Right. I'll well, show and you. even when he talks to the band members, he's using the puppets some of the time, right? 
most of the time. <laughs> Why should he do your music? He, he talks to one of these a bunch of music. <laughs> yeah. That's my impression. Thank you. You got to do it again. Do it again. Come on. Why should he do your Why music? Why should he do your music? Yeah. He's, He's doing, doing fine without, without it. Fine without it. He's next, doing fine next without thing, it. Next thing you know, we want to be riding your bike. <laughs> You get it. Now, Jeff, Jeff, are you in Minneapolis? No, I'm in Atlanta where dandruff causes car accidents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you down there with the one with uh, with uh, Chris? Yep, I'm here with Chris. Yeah, uh, myself and Jeff Page are in Atlanta. Tony, you're in LA, right? Where LA, where rain causes accidents. Right. <laughs> Or if you can, if you can get from one place to another without we, sitting in traffic, right? Right. If you, if we ever had rain. And, and Dwayne, are you in California? No, you're Not in. Um, I'm, I'm in, I'll be in California later, but I'm in Colorado right now. You're in Colorado right now. Yeah, yeah. And Wally, where are you at right now? I'm in the D, Detroit, Motor City. Ah, yeah, Detroit. yeah, yeah. There you go. The three one three Rosa Parks Avenue. Nice. 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 Yeah, yeah, I I, um, I used to I, live in uh, I used to live in New Haven. New Haven, New Michigan. Haven. So, right. I was in the I lived in the I actually lived in the projects of Detroit too. Uh in 1975, 19 yeah, I think it was I lived in the projects of Detroit. So what, yeah, what all, 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 all the memories that I have of Detroit weren't great memories. They were very violent memories. I got in fights like every single day. Now, what, now, what, what projects you lived in? Um, I do. I'll. I will. I will find out what the name of the projects were, and I will. I will. Uh, I'll get that to you. I don't you know right off the top of my head. You, you said New Haven. Yeah, I was. I, I spent some time in New Haven too. Yeah, that's down river. Yeah, so I spent. A, it was. I spent a time a couple places in Michigan. But yeah, I'll definitely get you this project name. I'm uh, from, I'm I, from uh, Boston. <laughs> Boston. You're from Boston. Six one seven. Is that a thing? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm from Michigan, too. I was in a little town outside of Detroit in 75 called Milan. Yes. The rest of the world calls it Milan. Uh, Milan. <laughs> Milan. You know that little place, right? Out there by Ypsilanti. And... Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's now a suburb that. of Detroit. In those yeah, days, it was that's, a little. That's, that's where the Milan prison is at. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. They got some work, finally. Good. That's not why you were there, they Tony, was it? Well, 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 I was your age at that time. Well, well, I, I mean, 15. I Tony was in juvie at the time. Well, well I was <laughs> about the prison because I wouldn't play ball with my brother-in-law there. Okay. Well, here's here's some other little tidbits about the movie so we can kind of get back on track here with this. But here's uh, This is a picture you all know. It's Wendy and Lisa. Yes. Uh, Wendy and Lisa were actually in a relationship. That's not a secret. Uh, but they actually had they actually had a passionate on-screen kiss in this movie, and then they didn't. <laughs> so, mm. Purple Rain originally featured a kiss between them, uh, but it was pulled from the final edit of the movie. I don't know if you knew that. Mm. Um, also, we had already talked about this. Brown Mark uh, is the only member of the Revolution who does not speak in the movie. I mean, even Doctor Fink, Doctor Fink made that little joke about. Uh, the periods yeah. getting reversed or something. Um, there was something like that. Some uh, other misogynistic thing. More misogyny. <laughs> more misogyny. Uh, yeah. So, and uh, here's something else. This is kind of interesting too. Like many movies, when the film features a couple, 
there is normally some spin done outside of the movie to make you believe that they are actually romantically involved in real life. And they spin it to make it look like there's actual chemistry beyond the screen so that you'll go and see it. So, you know, maybe if you can see if you could unravel where in the movie that drove them into each other's arms off screen. And most of the time, it's a ruse. I mean, sometimes it works out like uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, uh, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, Will Smith and Jada. Oh, dang. I should have moved that section up with that to the slap <laughs> section. Slap. I should have moved that up to the slap section. I destroyed You're waiting a, for that. You're waiting for I, that joke. You're waiting for I that joke. I destroyed a perfect segue. Uh, anyway, in the case of Prince and Apollonia, though, Prince yes. uh, Apollonia was actually married to this guy, Greg Patchul. And uh, he was an MMA fighter named Greg Patchul. And she was sworn to secrecy to hide her marriage. But they divorced in 1985. Um, I can't help but think that her on-screen chemistry with Prince had something to do with that. Um, I mean, mm. if you think of about all of their scenes of intimacy in this movie, I mean, when he's behind her and they're on the bed, it's just, I mean. But of interest, talking about the sex scene in the barn, Wally, were you there during the filming of that, of that scene? Yes, yes I was. Okay, so... Obviously, the biggest rumor and speculations was that there are three versions that could be culled from that, I guess, uh, section that was recorded that could range from PG to MA. Uh, and the biggest rumor was that they were actually doing it, that they were actually doing it. That's a personal rumor that I, a rumor that I personally no, have heard no, multiple no. times. And... No. and what was what was they? But obviously, Apollonia said they were wearing their underwear, so she kind of. Said, but t tell yeah, me about this. Yeah, we saw that. Scene. He was working around the underwear. Yeah, well, yeah, that was. <laughs> t tell see, me about at, tell me about the well, barn scene. Well, at the, at that time, uh, Apollonia was dating David Lee Roth. Oh, well, That's she was. It was she was married to Greg Paschal until they got divorced yeah, in nineteen eighty five. Yeah, but she was dating David Lee Roth. Why she was on Purple Rain track. <laughs> oh, but I know that. Scoop, but didn't scoop know. delicious. Y y no. Wow. I, I, I knew that they had had a thing, but I didn't but, realize but didn't it was. Know, but I didn't know Apollonia go both ways. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I knew that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, 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 it fits perfectly with my imagination of her. So. Yeah, I'm not going to fight that. Okay, well, uh, then I have to ask about Lisa and the blonde girl who, uh, Jill, he, Jill, Jill, is that Jill, the girl from Jill the Jones. automatic? Yeah. Yes. Automatic yes. video. Were they together before? Before no. uh, before Wendy came into the picture? Yeah. No, 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 no. This, um, because, you know, they're playing the, they're playing the, uh, keyboards, the keyboards together in one of those songs. Yeah, well, no, Jill was up there singing. A oh, okay. A-U-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-T-O-M-A-
Well, you know, with Jill Jones, you know, he wanted to transform her, transform her into Marilyn Monroe. I think that would have been a great idea. She was yeah. close. What yeah, happened? Well, well like I said, you know, on his tour bus, he watched a lot of uh, Marilyn Monroe movies. Yeah. Some, some like it hot, seven-year itch. I mean, he he watched a lot of lot of her movies. He was a big cinema buff. Okay. Yeah. So, so that so he got that idea. He wanted to change her into Marilyn Monroe. Well, I think that would have been a would have worked. Could have. But then then he got involved with Wendy's sister, right around that time. Uh, actually, actually before that, yeah. Oh, before that. Wow. Well, Wally, could you just tell about tell us about all his girlfriends? Just go ahead and just list them out. <laughs> oh, we do okay. not have all night. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So, okay. He, so he dated he dated Madonna. I knew he that dated, for yeah. for for a small he, he brief dated, period. He, he dated Jennifer Bill. He dated um. He dated um. Kim Basinger. Yes, Kim Basinger. But he also dated a girl from uh, Miami Vice. I don't remember if her uh, actress from Miami Vice. I can't think of her name is. Um, oh wow, her, she was she was Gina. She was Gina on the show. Sandra Santiago. Yeah, Sandra Santiago. <laughs> what about Susanna um, Hoffs? Who um, gave well, Manic yeah, Monday to? Well, yeah, it was we were flying back from London on the airplane? He gave her that song. Because okay. I was sitting next to her, but he wanted to change seats. He wanted to talk to her, so I was. And I was like, Wally, hey, get up! Get up. Oh, oh, oh no, no, no! He didn't say that. He just said, "Do you mind changing seats?" I'm like, "No, no, no, no!" I was looking at the bass player, the redhead. Uh, <laughs> Wally <laughs> likes I, the redheads. Michael, yeah. I think it's her I, name. I, I, I was looking at the redhead, the bass player. Oh my gosh. Well, going back to Apollonia and the barn scene, here was what Apollonia had said to Sunset Sound, um, who actually has a really, really cool channel on uh, YouTube if you look it up. Uh, but here is the clip from what she told about the barn scene. It's only a minute. Here but that go. scene was very, very tame. Uh, Al was there, and we had Donald Thorin. Uh -huh. It was a small crew. We were both terrified. I was perspiring profusely you could see it in the photos and uh prince wore you know undies and i had you know undies and i remember you know al says i just want you to lean in and just kiss and that, that was, was it first you time know? you kissed him then was on camera yes 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 and we kissed and we were both nervous uh, I was just terrified. You know, those kind of scenes aren't easy to do. No way. And especially, you know, with someone like him. And the beautiful thing that I have to say is that in all that time I was looking at him, he kept his eyes on my eyes, nowhere else. He was professional. Was he nervous? Yes. We were both terrified. We were trembling. We were scared. Yeah. So... So that's a little bit of the background on on that as far as the barn scene is concerned. So any rumors that you hear otherwise about there being well, actual sex in that thing? Well, well, he didn't. If you look at the scene, he really wasn't trying to kiss her at all in the mouth, right? Because yeah. the rumors, the rumor he heard 
<laughs> what did he hear? Go, come on, Wally. Go, you go, know, do, well, it. Well, do it. Do it. <laughs> here we go. You, you know, here we go. It's, it's that, um, that Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. I, I love that she said undies, though. Undies. Yes, undies. Oh. She said, oh, we, we both were sweating. And she said the whole time he kept his eyes focused on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated that she said that, acknowledging how difficult right. that might be for uh, somebody to do. <laughs> well, I, eyes does... are up here. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. You know, Apollonia, well, you know, she's, yeah, trying, to put a, know. she's trying to put a book out. Right. Yeah, I can't. All, all book. And like I said, you know, her story is, you know, tell me something. She was supposed to have been the last dragon over. Vanity, no, no, you wasn't. <laughs> well, we're gonna find out. Well, apparently, there's a bunch of things that I, I would, I would have loved to have Apollonia on the show tonight. Obviously, mm. I, I did try to reach out to her because, uh, not for any other thing, but I, I know that you know this this book is gonna apparently unravel a bunch of things that that happened during that that time period. Mm. Um, you know from from i guess like you're mentioning things that of contention between her and vanity and the lemon cake fiasco all this stuff that's going to be unraveled and so we'll be it's going to be interesting to read because uh it's anyways to kind of go back to the movie i i wanted to i'm surprised though that considering how these movie companies put these couples together um what i wonder why prince and Apollonia didn't come together. I mean, I guess that was kind of a little bit of a surprise to me that that they didn't. You know, they're a couple in the movie, so you would mm. think that the the producers would would want to play on that to a little bit. You or mean, play. You mean arriving at the at the uh, uh, arri premiere? arriving at the premiere. Well, for arriving right. for a premiere, you're going to want to have people come in in waves. So that way, you can extend the amount of time there. So you're going to want to have Apollonia. You want to have different Morris. Now, Morris wasn't invited, as we know, but. Uh, I did not know that. No, Morris was not invited to the to the. Thing. What was this? Are you serious? Uh, Morris had to get his ticket through Pepe, I think, uh, as I recall. It was, From Pepe Willie? Yeah, I think as I remember oh. hearing, there was uh, he was not technically invited to the thing, but he still paid for his own way and, and did this. Um, what? But what they did was <clears throat> having different and any premiere you're going to have, you're probably not going to have the leads show up at the same time because you want to have them go through the crowd at one time, like any award show. You don't have everybody coming at one time. You have them coming in the stages. That's about producing your event. Yeah, well, you see a lot of romantic movies where where it's it's you know focused on a couple. A lot of times they will come together and they will pose together and they will, you know, sometimes you do see them with their actual husbands also, and wives, this, but this is also Prince, 1984. It's also Prince it's, because you're not going to share the spotlight with Prince. Period. That's but true. did you see Stevie Nicks walked in right ahead of him? I didn't notice that. Yeah, but, but I but I shot it and I have never noticed it, it until it, tonight. The thing. You're not going to have anybody right walk in front in of him. Prince. You know, you're not going to have Prince without shine anybody that he's present with him. Oh, so yeah. you're going to have him be the one that comes in. That's probably wrapping it up. Almost is waiting for Prince to show up. That's, yeah. that's and after he shows up, people will you know change the channel, or whatever. They're they're there for that, and so well, that's why. And we only got like 15 more minutes here, uh, so I, I want to make sure that everybody who's may have tuned in late, I haven't done this interruption yet uh, as far as the housekeeping, I guess is what they call it on Clubhouse. Uh, but 
Obviously, Mr. Christopher and Jeff Page with the host of Funkatopia Live. We also have uh, videographer and documentarian Tony Blass, who most of you uh, have seen the Purple Rain premiere footage. That was shot by Tony Blass, and he's here with us, so he was actually there. He's the only one among us that was actually there. Um, and obviously, we have the uh, amazing Wally Safford, who was with Prince from 1979 to 1987. He is in Purple Rain. He's in Sign of the Times. He was. He's got again Prince stories for days, and uh, and, and um, also the family, and the family, and the family. Don't forget and the family. We would never forget the family. F Deluxe, by the way. The family when you were with him, obviously. The Flux. The Flux. The Flux. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, the Flux. Um, the F Deluxe did, capacitor. We did one show at First Avenue and the only show. <clears throat> I know. It was and, like, oh, my God. And also author extraordinaire Dwayne Tudal from Prince in the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions. He's he's got another book that's even more amazing than that one. Uh, you got that one to hold up, Dwayne? He also does. This is the other around with me all the time. They hurt my back. They're so big. Oh yeah, it, that was the reason why. That's the reason why I told you I have no joke. I have three copies of this book because I had this. Then we went on a cruise and I didn't want to carry it. The, and and so I bought it on Kindle, so I didn't have to, to to do this. And then you came out with a paperback version that had more information in it, and I had to buy that one. And I'm like, you're killing me, Son you're killing me, Smalls. Sorry, man. That's okay. <laughs> right, sorry about but, that. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, Tony, you got to get that book. It's fantastic. I got to get it. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean. It's so many great iconic. I would love for the audience that's here to kind of tell us what. Uh, their favorite moments of this movie is, but I'll kind of do a little bit of a round robin here, starting with uh, I guess starting with Jeff Page. You know, what is was to you the most impactful moment in the movie? Like the the part in the movie where you were just like, I'm, uh, a, I'm a Prince fan for life. This is just like this is like it's something that really connected with you in the movie. Oh, that's easy. That's that's easy. In fact, um, Wally touched on it. He he mentioned it. Um, it was the opening of the movie, the beginning of the movie. I've been a Prince fan already uh, since uh, since Dirty Mind, and so I already knew Prince. But when that movie started, and just that whole opening scene, to me, he suddenly became larger than life. It was like, that's it right there. And that actually convinced me to uh, get more serious with music, to continue to move with what I was already doing, because I saw that, and I was just like, pfft hands down that's it yeah that's a great one tony what what's what's your favorite oh it's really hard to do that uh i all i can say is i i love the scenes with uh with uh morris i you know i enjoyed prince i love the concert i love seeing the concert recreated when i saw it from the fourth row three or four times on the tour fantastic but in the movie, I, I really felt like Morris stole the show. And my favorite scene is I put something together hot and the kid is out, right? <laughs> Mr. Schemer, him in the do rag doing this, doing the uh, the uh, vacuuming. vacuuming, and then in the in the limo, the that beautiful, beautiful yellow limo. I wanted that. I wanted that limo. I wanted a driver. That's my entire life has been focused on 
trying to get to where Morris was. So. I want to see some asses wiggling. As wiggling. I want perfection. <laughs> perfection. <laughs> I think I'm going to need a and drink. <laughs> and I, yeah, I see a couple uh, of people. Oh, wait, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, um, keep the change. Jerome, get my change. Get my change. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, the password scene is coming up quite a bit in the <laughs> chat room. The, pa the password is what scene. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> and when he uh, spits on the shoe, he doesn't get mad. He just says, watch it now. As a, uh, Pamela he's, says, he's, my favorite moments in the movie are Prince performing on stage, all of it, and the end shot when he turns to face the camera. Obviously, that's great. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's classic. Dwayne, what's your favorite uh, takeaway? I, I agree with Jeff on this one. The opening is, you got to remember, the opening is also the opening of the album, the tour, and the movie. It's yes. it's that big. It's gospel yes. with you know, dearly beloved, we are gathered here to rock to blues. And actually, by the end of that song, the funny thing is, if you watch that song, is just the only performance he does right then. It's like he does one song and he walks off stage. I don't think bands really do it like that. But right. in the movie, you're worn out by the end of that song. You're just like, God, Absolutely. I need a shower. <laughs> and um, that's the 12 inch too. The, it is exactly. The... And, and so that that to me is one of my favorites. Um, I have to admit that, that the cool thing for me in looking back is how we grow to know each one of these people that are in this. You know, this is a small budget show, a movie that was done, you know, in a small town and in, 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 in away from everything. And now we, you still, Apollonia, just the name Apollonia, you know exactly who it is. That has maintained for 40 years. Jill Jones, we know. Uh, Morris Day, we know. They were all introduced to all these people in this. And still to this day, each one of them is still, you know, somebody that, whether you're a Prince fan or not, most of these people you do know. People, you can say Morris Day to somebody. You can say Apollonia to somebody. And they go, I know who that person is. I like them in this. And I think that kind of introduced us to a lot of people and a lot of the interpersonal relationships that were going on there. But it's definitely the live stuff. I mean, like Stacy says, the opening gets me. And it's, it's just, uh, um, you know, when he plays like this and then goes into the band, going to the, the lighting the, from behind, the shadows. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's the beginning is flawless because you're introduced to everybody. You're introduced to Morris doing the vacuuming. You're introduced to Apollonia in the, uh, uh, apparently there's a hotel across the street from First Avenue <laughs> I didn't know about. And you're introduced to that. You're introduced to everybody in the film that's going to, you know, impact the story. And that's just that's well done. I mean, and you remember the other thing, the other thing is, is this is, like I said, uh, um, Al Magnolia's first movie. And it's to have a movie that your first movie is such a cultural icon, you know, a touchstone. We all remember that. And, and you could say Purple Rain still. And even when you watch things like Eight Mile, you go, wait, that was, wasn't that Purple Rain? You know, and, and so... Right. It really does. It's still the color purple. You you look at the not the movie, but just the the, the color purple. Everybody thinks Prince. Well, you know the other other thing I liked in the movie was when Apollonia took the earrings to go get that uh, I I cloud white guitar. Oh. Yeah. You know, cause you know Canute Capay had did those guitars for him. Man. Canute Capay, but you know. Is that how it's pronounced? Uh, I've never I've never heard it pronounced. I wish yeah, that was new. It's, it's, it's the new Cafe. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I just Canute always wonder what it was. Such a cool name. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, would, I would walk around telling people my name all day long. What's your name? Canute Cafe. Canute. <laughs> Canute Cafe. Hi, I'm Canute Cafe. Nice to meet you. You don't know me. Uh, yeah, how much but, was that again? But, but you know, when, 
But when Prince got the record deal, when they um when they 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 went to L.A. when he got the record deal, Andre this this when this way it all started at. Andre won the bass with it looked like the iCloud bass. He had the iCloud bass, and um, when when Andre left, Prince told him he wasn't taking it with him, but that he bought it. <laughs> that I, it was a, it was an iCloud bass. And I'm trying to wow. think of the video he plays it in. I want to I want to say it was Uptown or one of those songs. Was one it that early? Or was it? I thought it was Mount. What's it? Deep Mountains? What did you play on Mountains? No, no, no. Brown Mark was there. They, I no, knew it wasn't with I, them. No, I was talking about. I'm talking about where I seen that guitar. Oh, oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it was in uh, Mountains. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, that's a. Uh, so that was that was your favorite part of the movie was the uh, was well, the pawn, my, my, the pawning. Mountains, he didn't play no guitar at all. You know, he he he, he was just um, on that uh, green pad, you know, floating through the clouds, running with that uh, with that big sombrero hat on. <laughs> and it could, I'll have it, to rewatch. It, I I thought there was scenes with the, he had a guitar, but what's no, your no no no? Miko um, uh, had the guitar. Miko and Wendy. I, I got to do my homework. What, what, Wally? What was your favorite? What was your favorite part of Purple Rain? My favorite part when I was on stage uh, doing the, <laughs> doing the play, My five minutes. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that'd be mine. <laughs> yeah, me and, me and Brooks doing the bird up there. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. Well, you and Brooks got you, you got your parts got much bigger inside of the times. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I had my I had my own movie. Yeah, you're right. That's right. Yeah, Hard Life. That's right. That's right. You know that, that was yeah. my Den, that was my Denzel debut. Yeah. For, for for those who don't know what Hard Life is, Hard Life was uh was a. I guess a, a film project of sorts of, of princes that uh, he had done. It had, it was the music was mostly madhouse material, um, but you can find it on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search for hard life or Prince hard life. Uh, and you'll, you'll find it and you'll, yeah, that was that misdirected, was, misdirected by Prince. It was, yeah, it said, it, yeah, in the credits, it said misdirected by Prince. <laughs> and there's actually a scene who gets a, um, it's Brooks that gets in a fight with Dr. Fink's mom at the no, beginning of that mom, movie. That, yeah. No, it's me. It's me. I thought that was, oh, it was you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen that movie in a while. So it's six I'm, I'm minutes pop. of fame, not five. I'm Puff. Yeah. I'm Puff. Yeah, you so, know, so Puff Daddy spelled my name. <laughs> I, 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 I was I was I was the original pup. Wow. Uh, let's see what other people. Um, oh, uh, I guess Adriana. We got some other people talking about their favorite moments. But Adriana did ask why wasn't Morris invited to the premiere? I don't know that we ever got to the bottom of the. Why wasn't he invited to the premiere? Why? I mean, when I understand, they were they they had separated at this point, and and this is also after eighty fours after. Um, the thing that just floated around recently with it, uh, the Minnesota uh, music thing where they showed uh, the time on stage without Morris um, that, that just got uh, posted. That, you know, that was really fun. And so what happened after the, after the time album was complete, Morris went to Los Angeles and Prince stayed, you know, up there and, and they right. just they weren't talking much. And that, a lot of people think that it, they, they, 
I mean, they were talking, they were had struggles during the movie, but the movie was over and they still recorded the album after that. So he was around um, for the spring of, uh, of 84, um, which is after most of the movie was done. And uh, so he and Prince still maintain. And, and during the time, you can still hear him doing things like um, uh, uh, um, tricky, tricky and things like that. So they were having fun. They actually were good friends. They just had struggles and they, you know, like all good yeah, friends I, do, they, they, they may have times where they're close and made times different, but he supposedly, and this is what I've been told was not invited to the, uh, to the rehearsal, to the uh, premiere. Yeah. You're talking about all that work. Crazy. It's crazy. Cause he's this, you know, one of the co-stars. Yeah. The B-side tricky, mm -hmm. chlorine, bacon skin, all that yeah. stuff was still mm -hmm. now what the reason why I was smiling so much, cause it, it just dawned on me that here it is. Morris day is not invited to this premiere. And the amount of balls that he has to, to not only up. say, screw that, I'm I'm going. And then as he gets there, he hops up on the stage with MTV. Remember, he's not invited. <laughs> they don't know this. I think I think MTV is not MTV MTV is not I don't remember reading that, but he was not invited to it. He hops up on stage with MTV, does a little bit of a thing. I mean, Prince has gotta be I don't know if he saw I, I don't know now tony you were <laughs> i just think that's hilarious tony you actually went to that post party after yes. after it was morris there at the the, the post Alice? party as well Alice? i did not see him arrive there no uh, now in your footage i did see um jerome in the footage jerome? yes and uh you know i mean other people may have arrived in different ways or earlier i have no way of knowing but but I didn't see him in any of the footage, and I didn't see him. And that you did a lot of footage on Morgan Fairchild too. She was there. Um, that was wasn't uh, that great with the I, I, cameras flashing. I'll make sure now. Fairchild. I'll make sure that I post that video on uh, Facebook um, with the the credits for for Tony on the bottom because uh, I don't want to eat up too much time on that. Sweet. But it was really cool because uh, the footage inside of the party was really really short. But Tony Tony stayed outside. And actually filmed the audience as they were waiting, you know, to see him go in and to see him come out. And they're just kind of all the people are freaking out. And I don't think a lot of people have seen this video at all. Like, it's no. not out there on YouTube. It's not anywhere. Yeah, YouTube uh, took it down 11 years ago. Yeah, well, I, we're going to put it back up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> see how long you can keep it. Uh, we, we found like a little circumvent. Uh, with with YouTube's uh, stuff, okay. uh, but we're they're a lot less of a pain in the butt than they I were. I like when the, I like when the crowd is yelling, "We love you, Tony." You know? <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Tony. Ah. You know, now, what can I say it was a great night. Oh man, it's a lot of fun. But um, anyways, uh, before we before we go, before we cut all of you loose, I do kind of want to do a little bit of a round robin to kind of see what you guys are doing right now, how people can connect with you afterwards. Uh, Tony, what, what are you doing now? What, what's, um, I know you're doing some, you're still doing some film and stuff. I, yeah, I'm acting actually. And, oh, uh, I'm going to be doing a film, uh, leaving it for Sweden in September. I have the lead Sweet. in, uh, this guy's, uh, first, uh, Swedish movie. So acting was always what I wanted to do. And it took me a while to get back to it. And I'm Hollywood Tony. I'm at anything you can boot. Just put a slash Tony Blass, except TikTok. You have to put Hollywood Tony Blass. Otherwise... I'm on the socials and uh, I'm, 
you know, just having a good time. What can I say? Well, and all I can say is thank you so, so much for capturing that footage at the premiere of the, the, of the Purple Rain premiere because, I mean, most people would only see the MTV version, and for some reason, that is in some type of ether world. They only show, like, little teeny edited clips, and you can't find anything anywhere, so we have Which, to live. thank you, MTV, because that has gotten me so many sales in Canada and UK and other places where they're making documentaries about Prince or 1984 or the mm. club and they come to me for that footage which I guess they could take for free but they don't so it's and they nice shouldn't. of them that's, they shouldn't, you know. that's awesome they well should, yeah. you you deserve it because you were in the right place at the right Complete time fluke Hey, yes. Exactly. Well, you are a Prince, you are a Prince fan so you can I am still to this day can and I just I say one thing about Prince I always thought I appreciated him and I've seen him in every decade and my favorite album is actually 3121 but honestly honestly I now know that I never appreciated him I only saw two of the 21 shows at the forum and for the life of me I'll never for understand what the hell was I doing the other 19 nights you know yes, yes. <laughs> I still cannot fully understand what a, what a genius he was and i just can continue to watch one night alone or whatever always find something else you know it was just we'll never know and you know what his other movies were better than people said they were at the time it was like oh it's no purple rain yeah you know what right they everybody tried to constrain him i think they were afraid of him and i'll say one more thing the love sexy cover freaked a lot of people out it scared yeah. people it would not scare people today, but it did scare people then because it was it was, it was it massive. It was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> and that album was so wonderful. And that tour yeah. was so wonderful. And he didn't do an encore on our night in Los Angeles because he was mad because the audience was shit. Oh, so man. I'll just say that people I, did not even with all the hits, all the whatever people did not appreciate. What night did you go? What it? I went the set. Uh, November 17th? Wait. Or I think it was the 7th, 7th, 8th. November of uh, 87. It was the first night, I think. Anyway, he didn't do an encore. The Wait, which, which tour? Which tour? Which tour are we talking about? That was Love Sexy. Love Sexy. Oh, okay. okay. Now, yeah. the lights went up on the All 7 tour in 92 at Amphitheater, and we left. And then he came back and did 45 minutes. That's yeah. my bad for... Sounds like Tony and I were at a lot of the same shows. Yeah, well... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I went sense. to every. I went to the Third Eye uh, Girl show. That was the last time uh, I saw him, yeah. and I was so heavy at that time and standing up for three hours. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I stood I, online and then we stood for the whole show. That's my big regret is is not being able to see the Third Eye Girl iteration. But I was lucky enough to be at both of his final concerts here in Atlanta. So nice. That's, so that's wow. that is that's so. What he stopped. That was the last tour he did in Los Angeles. Was Third Eye Girl in twenty? 20- <clears throat> Whatever it was, thirteen. But Third Eye Girl, I just love the sound. I love those that Montro show that he did with them. It was just so raw and so it's just mm. so mm. gritty and powerful. I would have loved to have seen that iteration of him. But again, to see him on his very, very final two shows that he would ever do and 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 to have him call me out. Uh, call Funkatopia out on April 15th, 2016, just six days before he died wow. to to point people to the Funkatopia website to, to read the review that I had done on that show was one of the high points of my life 
for I mean, he had tweeted and Facebook posted before, but I didn't realize the significance of that last post that he would do. And uh, it was just like, it's just it's so such a powerful moment. Um, But yeah, Tony, thank you so, so much for coming on the show for sure. And so again, Hollywood Tony, you can find find (laughs) Hollywood Tony Uh, and look for him because there's going to be a movie that's coming out. Some Swedish movie is going to be coming out, and he's going to be there. Uh, Dwayne, what what are you up to? Are you, you're on book three now, right? I am working on book three. Um, First off, let me let me ask. This obviously covers uh, all the stuff with Purple Rain uh, and everything. Uh, the other one, which is uh, right here, this one actually covers Parade, Side of the Times, but it also covers the Black Album. It also covers uh, Camille. It also covers all a bunch of other stuff. What in the world does this uh, third the next uh, third book cover? Would be eighty seven, eighty eight, uh, which would cover Love Sexy, the Sign of the Times tour, Love Sexy tour, yes. uh, Black Album uh, not being released. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, Madhouse eight coming out, Madhouse sixteen being done, Jill Jones album coming out. Um, you get the idea. So oh yeah, I, I forgot. I got to send you because Ingrid Chavez has been on the show three times and I have, I, I have lots of material from her. So I, I forgot, I got to get that to you. Yeah. I just um, did it. We did an interview with Ingrid, uh, through a friend named Scott uh, Bogan, uh, who interviewed her for, um, my next book. Um, so that anyway, that that's the, uh, the thing I'm working on with that, uh, the paperback, I have announcement of the paperback for the second book coming out soon. Is it an expanded um, edition also? It's. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. I, I, you know, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's not necessarily expanded. Um, there's additional information in it, but it's because uh, I got some great uh, additional information to it. But there is an extra part to it, um, which I'll talk about. Not quite yet, but uh, soon. Um, but it's not. I didn't want to do another expanded book because it's just it's a lot to do. And and you know, th- this is also 700 pages already. You know, I, I'm I'm probably being sued by people because of so backings. fantastic. <laughs> it's it's, so. it's both these books are so. You have to go to Amazon and purchase a physical copy of the book. There's nothing like holding these physical copies in your hand. You'll Not crush that your chest though when you're reading it. Oh my my ribs. You you, know, you, so. <laughs> you know, for those who uh, who are, are anti gun laws, you can use these as weapons. Exactly. Um, it's 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 just such a fantastic book, and it's it looks like it's a lot of information, but I, I always. Uh, Kit, every single one of those little things that you see in there are bookmarks that I have <laughs> in this book. I, I am just, I am, it's Did one you, of the most fantastic books ever. Thank you. you. You've always been very kind to me about the thing. And you told me there's stuff in there that, uh, you know, you didn't expect to find and new stories, which is great because I know what, uh, you know, a, a, a historian about him is. And I think a lot of the things that I'm, when, when I do these things is I'm trying to find the truth and trying to find as much and make it entertaining at the same time. And it's sometimes tough because stories contradict and sometimes, you know, but I, I'm, I've been fortunate enough to have people like Wally that way, that way. Yeah. And people like that talk to me and kind of guide me. This is the story. This is what happening that we're in the room. And I think that's the things I, some of these things I don't know for locking down certain things, but I can listen to the people who were there and, uh, and put that in there. Sometimes people contradict. I mean, I've had people say this happened and other people say this happened. So I kind of try to put both in there and say, you know what? They were both in there and they should be heard. And I think that's the vital thing is the people that were there should be heard more than me. Uh, I'm my, my, I should not be telling you my opinions in this thing. I should be telling you the stories that the people told me and researching to make sure they're as accurate as possible. That's yeah. It. 
that's one of the things that I admire the most about these books is that they're they're as factual as you possibly can get. It's coming out of the mouths of the people that were actually there. They're telling you the stories. You have actual documentation on on folders and stuff of uh, records and whatnot. But um, it, it's just it's just fantastic. And I'm and I'm also one last thing is I want to I know we're running out of time. I want to make sure get Wally's book. Get go ahead and get Wally's. Yeah, book. Wally, get Wally's uh, book for sure. I, I have yes, yes. 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 I'm telling you, so Wally's been great to me, and I'm, I'm everybody that's interviewed with me has been I, honestly, you're like family to me because there's times that I've called Wally and said or reached out to him saying, "I'm not sure how this fits." Tell me, and Wally's held my hand and walked me through some of this stuff, and that's that stuff is is to me, they people like Wally and people like Apollonia and other people that have talked to Wendy and Lisa the Revolution, they realize the historic nature of making sure this is documented properly, and I, yes. I, I, I to me. That is the biggest thing is want uh, the the craving of people that are working on this stuff. And I, you know, I may have the name on the cover, but it doesn't mean that uh, I did this by myself. And that's why I want to make sure that all the people represented that are the people that I interviewed with me, people that do transcriptions for me, people that research. Uh, there's a there's about 30, 40 pages in the back of people I'm thankful for. And, and they know me personally. And I want to make sure I always stress these are the people that really worked hard on this. And that always makes me very happy that there's somebody, such a passion for that kind of stuff. Yeah. What are you looking up? What are you looking up? I, I am actually, I wanted to make sure because I don't have a physical copy of Wally's book. I bought it on Kindle. So I wanted to make sure that I was able to show it. It's uh, the name of Wally's book is Wally, Where'd You Get Those Glasses? My Life Through the Lens of Parliament, Pendergrass and Prince. For those who don't know, Prince was not only, I mean, uh, Wally was not only with Prince from 1979 to 1987, but he was also did some work with Teddy Pendergrass and Parliament, and there's a bunch of other folks in there as well. So he's got stories for days, and that's his book right there, Wally, Where'd You Get Those Glasses? And there's also, can Wally, can they still get t-shirts with that, with Wally, Where'd You Get Those Glasses on it? Well, uh, well yeah, well, I only have a few left. I don't have a lot of shirts left. Uh, give man, me the shirt off his back. Yeah, he'll give you the service back. Yeah. Take it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the, the the movie director, Tony Bliss, to do, do the movie on my book. It's, you've got to get in touch with Albert. You got to have you have some ends with Albert at this point, don't you? You got to, I mean, come on. Albert, Albert Magnoli? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that guy in years. Yeah, he. I think he'd do it. I think you would do it. Yeah, but I, yeah. I didn't mean to cut away, Dwayne. So go to Amazon, search for Dwayne Tudal, just yeah, like it's yeah, spelled right here. Yeah. D-U-A-N-E, Tudal, T-U-D-A-H-L. Uh, just look for his books. All of his Prince books are fantastic. The traditional While, spelling of Tudal, yes. Right. I, I guess so. <laughs> you say so. You can find me on uh, Facebook. And I have a group on Facebook called Prince the Complete Studio Sessions Book Series. And yes. uh, please it's join that great. And, and, and reach out to me. Say hi. Uh, some people send me a, um, a friend is uh, invite, but they don't say who they are. And so I, I see these things and I, I'm like, I don't know who this person is. So just write me and say, hey, I'm, you know, I, I like your books or something like that. And I'll know because I, I never know who people are. And I, I always want to make sure I know the people. So, mm. yeah. Please. Yeah, and definitely make sure you get on his mailing list so you can kind of let you know when this this third book comes out, which I'm going to be waiting with bated breath because you can obviously see the homework that I that I do with this. Um, Wally, your book is still available, still on Amazon, still can buy physical copies, and whether is, is there a best place that people can go to get your book? Um, you can get them at Amazon. You can get them at uh, Target. 
You can get them everywhere where books are sold. Okay. Man, look at you, Target. I love Target. <laughs> Target. Target, Ooh. excuse me. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you know, you can the go to Target. You go in and order the book, and they will, they will send it out to you. Nice. Nice, That's nice, awesome. nice. Okay. Well, gentlemen, I cannot thank you enough uh, for all of the, the, the time that you guys have, have stayed on. You guys didn't have to stay on this song, and I, I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, but what the I, hell? What yeah. the hell? I was trying to get out of here. <laughs> Goodness. For a break, and it didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, for this part of the show, we will we will say goodbye to all of you guys. Uh, Jeff Page and I are going to stay on just for a little bit to kind of tell some Funkatopia stuff that we did not do for, this, for the beginning part of the show. But Tony Blass... Dwayne Tudor, Wiley Safford, gentlemen, thank you so, thank so you much for hanging Thanks, out. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. And, so and, much. Happy, and happy anniversary. Guys. Happy anniversary to Purple Rain and to all the stars of it and everybody that's in love with this movie and, and, and music. So that's why we're here. Absolutely. Thank you guys so, Thanks, so guys. much. Awesome. I appreciate thank it. You. Thank you guys. We'll talk. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a phenomenal show. That was so love much it. fun. There are so many stories in that mix. Um, Man, I what what can you say? Like that that was gold all through the show. I, I didn't. There were so many things that I I learned, and uh, I'm not gonna be able to unlearn. <laughs> <laughs> You're in for a surprise. <laughs> Every time Wally's on, I get new tidbits of information. I'm like, I oh, didn't know that. Goodness. Okay. All right. Uh, and every it. single time Wally's on, I got it. I have to say, yeah, I got to edit that now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We can't. We can't. Oh, no. What do I do? <laughs> I seem to be burning one bridge after another with Apollonia. Uh, <laughs> wow. My fault. She was almost coming on. <laughs> uh, I hope that all of you guys had a great time. Um, so, I mean so much stuff going on there yeah I, I don't know what's happening next tuesday now i we've been kind of doing these shows every other tuesday which is kind of working a lot better for probably both of our schedules just because it takes a lot of prep time to make sure that we get a good guest on that we're putting out good quality shows um and that there's a lot of information there was 18 pages worth of information and a good chunk of which we didn't even do tonight couldn't get to it we just yeah we couldn't get to it uh, so what I can tell you is, uh, it's pro unless something happens for this Tuesday, <clears throat> we're probably going to skip another Tuesday, uh, like we did last time. But I do want to say that there will be something that happens between this show and the next show, and that is that we are I'm going to be doing the album chat for for you again. Yes. I'm going to be doing the album chat live with you guys here. So we're going to have uh, we're going to talk about the history of the album, everything that was going on, all those uh, preliminary things that were going on between Prince and Warner Brothers. Uh, a lot of stories that I missed, a lot of stories that I didn't even know about um, before. There's a lot of things that were a bunch of missing pieces with that album chat. Mm -hmm. So as I had mentioned before, some of you are huge fans of the album chats that we did. Um, if you want to hear those album chats, we talk about the history of all the albums and every single song, what was going on with those songs, who was playing on those songs. It's it's really a historical uh, journey down every single album. And um, you can 
listen to all of them now on patreon.com slash funkatopia you can see it scrolling on the bottom that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash funkatopia you become a member and you can listen to all those album chats but as i was putting the album chats together which are going to end up being on a brand new website at princealbums.com and also albumchats.com um where i'm putting it together now one of the things i'm finding out was that i was not happy with some of the earlier albums from for you uh the self-titled album controversy dirty mind i felt like those could have been done better mm. so i'm redoing those and i will be doing for you live um at some point between this show and the next funkatopia live that we do which is in two tuesdays from now but it will be done on mixcloud um and we're also trying to figure out a way to put it up to the app as well right. so it's going to be right. it's it's going to be recorded um it's going to because you can't do it on youtube because one of the things we do is when we talk about a song i play the song right and you, youtube will kick us off uh, Facebook will kick us off, so we just can't do that. Yeah, they'll so murder we, it. Yeah, it. so we got to figure out a way to do it. We'll probably do it via Mixcloud, so it's going to be a lot of um, a lot of fun. And um, so, for you, album chat is coming somewhere in the next week here, and uh, so enjoy and check it out. And um, yes, once it's done, Ad Adrian is asking, will it be on Patreon? Yes, once it's done, it will be posted to Patreon. And then, of course, it will also be transcribed and put on Album Chats and PrinceAlbums.com, uh, which is a website which I'm still putting together right now. I'm actually probably going to be redesigning it, but I had to do a bunch of different things to kind of make things fall where they were falling. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just a lot mm -hmm. of fun. But um, I've always enjoyed the Album Chats. I think that's just brilliant stuff. So it's, this it's, is going to be fun. It's basically the culmination of brilliant work of other people. Well, yeah. <laughs> but we guys still tell the stories and put them together in a chronological storytelling way, which is what the album chats are best at doing. So, yeah. So there's Yeah, that. everybody loves the behind the scenes or the behind the behind the scenes. And so, you know, when you're doing that, that's just what it's all about because that's what we want. That's what everybody wants. Yeah, we it's been it's been a lot of fun, and yes, I'm still trying to work on those album chats, and and it's just a lot of work. The transcri the transcription of those album chats is the nightmare of of it's the beast, it's the beast. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just it's the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know you hate it. We we've talked about it enough times, right? Because those early shows were not scripted very well. Those early mm. shows there was a lot of um, and there was a lot of stammering and a lot of uh, so I didn't script it. And right. I was, I, I, somewhere in this office is a book where I was handwriting all the notes. And when I do the album chats, I would just look at the notes. I was like, I don't understand why I'm not doing this on a computer. Why am I not scripting this? That doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, so it wasn't until 1999 that I, I totally changed the format and then it became better. So that's the reason why I'm redoing those other ones. But, uh, you guys will enjoy it. It'll be a lot of fun. So expect an announcement about the For You album chat. I'll set a date. You guys can tune in on Mixcloud, uh, mixcloud.com slash Funkatopia, and uh, any other place that we might be able to put it. And we can probably put it on the other podcast places. I don't know how they how they react about music, but uh, yeah, well, SoundCloud too. Yeah, that's so. fine. Of course. Of course. But uh, that's it, man. I hope you guys had a fantastic time. We, again, we're celebrating the 38th anniversary of the Purple Rain premiere. And it was so cool having Tony Blass on here. Um, it was great. 
I, the, the fact that he was actually physically there and was actually able to see things. I will post that second video that he did from the post show, uh, the, the after party that happened after that. Uh, premiere which is really cool it's got a lot it's it's not that long it's only like about three and a half minutes long uh, but it's got a lot of footage that he did with the people outside that were waiting um it was funny because a lot of people were saying why didn't prince talk to us and this one girl she was just she wanted to make sure she was heard and she was like out in the back going because he's stuck up <laughs> right like, <come laughs> he on. was being really she was being really <laughs> over the top because he because he stuck up he just doesn't he doesn't care about anybody. He's just stuck up. It's like that's, <laughs> that's that's not why. It's because he was panicking. He was losing his mind. There's no way that he could hold it together to to speak in front of all those people. He was very nervous and very shy at that point. That you couldn't tell it on stage. Right. But when when he's in like those one-on-one where he's he doesn't have any way to control the conversation. He it's a just, different animal. Yeah, it's, it's a, a totally different. He was not comfortable with that at all. Um, oh, yeah, that's you know the, one of the things that I I wanted to play and I forgot to play. Ah, oh, dang, I I forgot to play this one thing that um, uh, was the Academy Award. This this the Academy Award where hold on a second, let me play this. To qualify as an original song score, a score must contain five original songs. Songs that serve a dramatic purpose that move the story along. So the nominees for best original song score are for the Muppets Take Manhattan, Jeff Moss. For Purple Rain, Prince. And for songwriter, Chris Christopherson. And the winner of a brand new 84 Oscar is... The winner is Prince for Purple Rain. Woo! Yay, Prince! Yay, Prince! Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. I just love him. I love you, Prince! I love you, Prince! I love you! Prince is me. Prince is me. Prince is me. Prince is me. In 1985. Thank you very much. This is Lisa, <laughs> and this is Wendy. You hold it. Um, this is very unbelievable. I could have never imagined this in my wildest dreams, and I would like to thank the Academy, Mr. Albert Magnoli, um, my manager Stephen, Bob, Joe. Bobby, Mark, and Matt, who couldn't be with us today. And most of all, God, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, so that's all great, Danny, but here's here's one of the things that I've always found funny about this. He was up against Muppets Take Manhattan... <laughs> and Chris Christopherson. All right, so if you're the if you're the board, if you're the board, and you 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 see these three things lined up, Muppets Take Manhattan, Purple Rain, and uh, Chris Christopherson. Not for writing anything specific, just for writing, just just for being an outstanding writer. Yeah, it's 
it's just so funny. I mean, he won. He won the Academy Award, but I think that I I honestly, I mean, think I about honestly it. Honestly, feel like there needs to be a footnote. <laughs> it had been something to see Kermit walk up on stage to accept the award. Yeah, if Muppet Someday you'll find us. If, yeah! Muppet, if Muppets Take Manhattan would have won, who would have accepted the award? <laughs> Muppets Take an Award. Did, did they have Did they have a Kermit the Frog puppet sitting behind the podium, <laughs> ready to accept? Like, was there a guy crouching behind there and be ah. like, you know, going there with the arms? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I just that, that's my only problem. Yeah. That's my only problem. Uh, yes, I know that Chris Christopherson was big back then, Stacy yeah, says. Absolutely. But, still. Um, I still, I mean, when you look at the level of competition, it was just, it's, <laughs> I, can, I can see Kermit's arms just flailing. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! Uh, oh, my God. Uh, anyways, such a fun night. Had a great night. Thank you to Tony Blast. Thank you to Dwayne Tudal. Uh, thank you to Wally Safford. Yeah, uh, awesome. Definitely, you can pick up all their stuff. You can go on to Amazon. You can search for Dwayne Tudal. Again, that's spelled D-U-A-N-E, and Tudal is T-U-D-A-H-L. Uh, it's a traditional spelling of Tudal, according spelling. to him. Don't forget that. Uh, and then, of course, Wally Safford, S-A-F-F-O-R-D. Wally is just like it sounds, W-A-L-L-Y. And uh, you can find his book, Wally, Where'd You Get Those Glasses, uh, where he talks about his... Uh, relationship with uh prince and also pendergrass and also parliament right. so it's it's a pretty pretty cool stuff and all three of those guys you know they're just they're me of this time they're they're me so <laughs> <laughs> they're me in 1985 me for, for those who don't know what day. we're referring to it's we're we're we're, <laughs> we're riffing off of little richard uh i always wonder and eddie murphy if he was able ever able it. to give that he, Eddie Murphy was hilarious. Uh, if and the fact that he did it with Little Richard standing right there, um, that's even funnier. I wonder if if Little Richard ever was able to give that Bible to Prince, and whether Prince still has that Bible. I would assume he probably does, but I've never seen yeah. it on. I mean, if he gave, yeah, yeah, if he gave it to it, I'm sure he has it. Well, he might. I don't. Know. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I don't know. Little Richard. Well, I, I mean, I. Yeah. <laughs> Little Richard is not the first person that comes to mind when I'm thinking about theology and and uh, I don't know is <laughs> what do I know? Wow, <laughs> I, I don't know much, uh, but, but I know I, know, I, I love, love you. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, good night, everybody. I'm so glad that good night, uh, everybody. We, <laughs> on that note, good night. Stay tuned for the uh, for you album chat that will be coming very. Uh, very, very soon. And we'll see you guys. Thank you for tuning in to Funkatopia Live. If you missed any part of the show, you can re- you can listen to it on Facebook again or YouTube. Uh, you can also, uh, tomorrow, see it on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. It's all going to be there. But once again, thank you very much. Mr. Christopher signing off and Jeff Page signing off. Good night, everyone. See ya. <laughs> see ya.